Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being back with us here for episode 224 and it is monday may the 24th 2021 as we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Murata, and i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy, did you May the 24th be with you, you or know, whatever? I'm very glad you said that. I it's, had a it's feeling an, you it's would. It's important. Like, <laughs> all through May. Every yes. every four, every every day should be May the whatever be with you. I think you're right, Quinn. And uh, thank you guys for being with us here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again for another week. Uh, we have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you want the daily wrestling clips, follow us on Twitter. No drama, just wrestling clips at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me and over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Over at facebook.com slash clips. Yes. Uh, it's the same site where they get the clip. No, it isn't. It's, it's just a Facebook It's group. Facebook. You've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's very good at Facebook slash clips. But, um, so what do you do? So you can find this Facebook slash clips thing, right, over at the Facebook search bar. Oh, wow. You ever hear of it? It's, yeah. it's the little thing on the side or yeah, the yeah. corner, depending on your app. But anyway, you type in the search bar, our vantage point, death, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gork, kafui, and you just hit the join group and you're in. And the only thing you're agreeing to to join this group, it's a very simple rule, it is don't be what, Quinn? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. don't do that We don't like it. It's just, it's not cool. It's frowned upon. Yeah. And basically all that means is, you know, we know people like to argue and debate about retro wrestling. We encourage that, obviously. But don't bring it to the level of personal attacks and things like that. Just keep it cool. Have fun. It's it's just wrestling. It's just don't, don't, <laughs> honestly. It's, it's, don't you don't have to. It, it is just need wrestling. To be that big of a deal. It's for fun. It's for fun. Okay, yeah. and that's over on our Facebook group. And if you want more OVP content, well, we do have you cover. Let's say you like the show. You've been listening for a while. Maybe you just started listening and you like it. We do pay per view reviews and a whole separate canon of 1983, soon to be 1984. That's available on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast. You can get. Every pay-per-view review up to Royal Rumble 93 right now. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a lot of pay-per-views. And coming up in June, Quinn, the biggie, WrestleMania <laughs> 9. That'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> the biggie. The biggie. Yeah. So you can check that out. And the 83 Canon. That's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. But Michael. Yes. As we've been talking about all season long, we have re-fancied ourselves as game show hosts again. Oh, right. We took this job on again, didn't we? We, we took it back yeah, on. We've done about it. We've done it in the past. We were rehired to do another game show. Right. And this is a show where we've asked you, the fans, on our Facebook group to state an opinion about retro wrestling that you really do believe mm. and end it with change my mind. And all season long, we're taking your opinions and we're going to see if we can that's right welcome back to another edition of change your mind where quinn and i will see if we can change your mind about your retro wrestling opinions when we have a new contestant for this week oh do we bring them on down let's bring them on down 
His name is Matt Sandler. Oh, hi, Matt. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Welcome is to the show, Matt. Yeah. Come, come stand on our podium that's lighting up or whatever it is. Yeah, we have a light up podium, actually. Yeah. You can't see it on yeah. the audio, uh, obviously. That's an audio an show. An audio show. Yeah. Anyway, Matt Sandler Quinn, you're going to love this one. He says, the 4x4 four four or 5x5 five five old school Survivor Series matches were great, allowed for numerous feuds to be addressed during one match, and helped differentiate that pay-per-view. Change my mind. It's the Survivor Series! Well, um, it's also the worst match type ever in WWF, in my opinion. Okay, so... Um, but that's its biggest problem right there. So before we get into this uh, in earnest here... Yeah, how did they all come to this? Like, why did they do this? Well, first of all, I don't entirely disagree with this, but I know that you do, so I'm going to kind of let you have a lot of the floor here. You're going to okay. get a lot of floor okay. in this one. Well, a bunch I, I have of floor. things to say about Survivor Series. <laughs> but uh, some of our fans might know through listening to this show, and maybe if you're on Patreon, Quinn has a notable, palpable dislike for the four-on-four format at Survivor Series, especially five-on-five a lot more, (laughs) and especially as the years go on. Now, personally, I do kind of like the early ones a real lot, but I understand Quinn's point of view, so let's just go, let's get it straight from the horse's mouth. Quinn, what's your problem with this whole thing? My problem with it mainly is it just takes a really fucking long time. It's like every Survivor Series match is like 30 minutes, and like, it's one thing if there's like one match on a card that has it's 30 minutes it's a completely other thing when every match is 30 minutes like the whole flow of those pay-per-views is completely broken well like, they, it's bad you know what i do agree to an extent on that i think that the first couple 87 yeah. and 88 in particular was a very novel idea at the time we are pleased to present to you one of the most prestigious events ever put together in the history of professional wrestling now i know that you're all full of that Thanksgiving turkey, the dressing, the cranberry sauce, the apple pie. I know you are. So just settle back in your favorite chair because for the next three hours, you will be royally entertained by the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. Here's the thing, is that if they did it like maybe the first Survivor Series, and they're like, oh, that's great, and then from then forth, it was just like the main event was a Survivor Series or something, that would be completely different. Right. But instead, it's like... It's just lazy the way it's done. Like, I know what, what the person who wrote in Matt, said, Matt, yeah. that it can resolve a bunch of feuds. I do like but that. But some of the, first of all, some of these feuds, some people are just shoehorned in later on, like that, like, you're like, why are these people on this I team? Know. And they might have, like, some jobber feud with them on, like, Challenge or something. Look at that dirty swamp, Skinner. It especially gets that way back in 95. Like, oh, but yeah. Then it's like, it's like, I don't remember all the people, but I know there's people that are not a big deal on some of these teams. You well, know? And, and also Survivor Series is notable, especially in the early years for, or infamous maybe, for having all these substitutions. Jake goes over and tags Scott Casey. Yes. Where you wind up with people that have nothing to do with anything that's on the another, teams. That's another issue when you're planning a thing that's supposed to settle a bunch of feuds in one thing. And honestly, none of it settles anything. Nothing ever gets settled at Survivor <laughs> Series. It's always just leak over from like whatever they were doing during the rest of the year. Because you know it can't apply to WrestleMania because the Royal Rumble is going to come yeah, in between. Yeah, it's way so too it, early. It's just in a really bad spot. And it doesn't really resolve anything other than like just... It, it, it's kind of just like whatever they're doing on the house show circuit. They're like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if they teamed up with other people so we could do it, you know, with them or right, something? Right. Like, I don't know. It's not it's not that great. I, <laughs> like, and it doesn't help that the match type is shitty. What What don't you like about it? It just takes a long time? It takes too long. Like, you know what? If it was 
if it was maybe half the time and then it was just like what one pin f- finished it off or something oh <laughs> like or like i i don't know just something to keep it moving right it's like it there's a lot of times when you <laughs> this is like one of my worst moments in the survivor series this is probably the worst moment after the first pin and it's super exciting yeah and then you look on, on both sides and you're like oh god all these people have to get pinned there's still nine people left doing yeah exactly especially in like the tag one when it looks like <laughs> i love it the just tag looks one, like so. i'm gonna be here all fucking night like I, you know what i'm talking that one that's like 45 minutes yeah like, i, I kind of like that like, no, i'm are not they gonna lie it's 45 minutes for any match that's not like a world title match is way too much. <laughs> let's just let's just get that out. Put the even, cards right on the table. Even, huh? even you know that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. It's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I do give them points for uh, trying to differentiate it. Obviously, the first Survivor Series was meant to screw Jim Crockett and right. Starcade 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. And it was unique. The first time around, I mean, it was promoted as the big rematch of Hogan and Andre. They're going to be on opposing sides. Yeah, it's, rematch. Well, you know what I mean, but it, <laughs> it was cool. And I do love the 20-man tags, both of them, uh, 87 and 88. Which, there's one I really didn't like as much as the other one. I think it was the second one. I think you didn't like the second as it much, yeah. It was too long. Cause They're it, both long, yeah, Because it took too long to get to that demolition shit. That, like, that was all that mattered. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, with like, the conquistadors yeah, at the, the end. The, the, that says a lot that the conquistadors make it to the end. Well, yeah. Like, how, how much this is just such a waste of time that's one of the funnier things though about survivor series and a lot of people have also noticed over the years that you get these uh these finishers that aren't finishers but they like suddenly someone's pinned with a simple clothesline yep. just to keep the eliminations mm-hmm. flowing it's funny i will say to your credit that by 89 89's fun and then 90, it's like, are we really still doing this? And then- it, it, it Once, like, I don't know, like three or four years was enough of this. It, it really think, huh? did wear out its welcome, even you have to admit. I admit that. And I yeah. think the, the one thing, and they did change it in 91, is up until 91, there was no world title match. No singles there match of any kind. There something else on the card. You can't do all Survivor. That just, no. Like, that is that is horrible, in my opinion. <laughs> now, in 92, they almost completely abandoned it, as Thank you know. Thank goodness. It was way better. You really it was way don't more like tolerable. It. And they went back to it in 93, which we'll be getting to uh, later in the year. You yeah. Know? And it's not to say that it's like I want the the match type to completely go away. It's just that, like, one of them in a show is enough for me. You like, think I, one? I've, I've got, and honestly, it should just be the main event because it's called Survivor Series, right? It's right, like, like the, that should be the draw. The, 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 the one, the, the last match is this big Survivor Series match. Right. And that's it. Like, I mean, it, when we reviewed all these, right? Mm-hmm. Even 88 and 89, it just feels tired. Like, yeah. everyone kind of feels tired. It's Thanksgiving most of the time or Half the day the before. people don't fucking show up to the show. <laughs> There's that, too. Everyone gets mad at Vince around November why for some reason. Why is it on Thanksgiving? That's another problem right there. Because of Starcade, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, why is it on Thanksgiving? Like, a- after they made Starcade for Starcade in December, there was, like, exactly zero point to having it be on fucking Thanksgiving. Like, it, it got really stupid, and you could tell the staff was just like, why are- we don't want to be here. Like... <laughs> There's like you. It's like remember how like palpable it is like by like '89 or whatever. Gorilla is so pissy at that yeah, show. Remember? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's bad. Like the commentary team hates it. The wrestlers <laughs> don't look real. They look really uninspired. Yeah. Like they're just like everyone's like this sucks. Look at this triple teaming in the center of the ring. Now why won't the referee disqualify them? 
That's the referee's prerogative. Yeah, a little biased if you ask me, Gorilla. I mean, he fires Zeus out of here right at the get-go, and he's letting the Hulkamaniacs get away with did, murder. Did not Zeus knock the referee down twice, Just You can't put your hands on the referee. I don't care whether you got a Z on the side of your head or not, that's not legal. It's like, just let us, like, for one fucking night of the year, can we go eat dinner with our families, please? Like, please? Like, does this really need to be on this night? It's on a fucking Thursday. Like, that's the thing, is Thanksgiving's not even intrusive as far as their schedule's concerned. Like, True. a Thursday. Like, it's a perfect day to give them off. You know what I mean? No, I do know what you mean. I will say that the later years when they, like, kept up appearances with this concept, I'm talking 93, 94, Ugh. 95... You might get a good, one good match per pay per view in the elimination, but like, what are we doing at this point? Ninety seven, they're still doing them. Oh my god, ninety nine. The stalkers like in it for some reason. Like he knows ninety six, but he's got no face paint in the WWF shirt. Yeah, it's like the worst. He's Horrible. not even trying Horrible. anymore. But they're like in MSG. Luckily, saved they that are, show. Yeah. And, yeah, and obviously Sid beating Sean really yeah. saved it for me. But again, not all survivors. They realized past a certain point, it's like. We can't have too much Survivor Series. It just kills the crowd. You got to lessen the Survivor Series at Survivor and, Series. And can I just say that? I think that's a point in the favor of Survivor Series sucks is the fact that you always, always get the point in these matches where everyone's just like, oh, well, like, yeah, it's just like, why is this so long? I, I do understand that. I think, you know, Matt's original point that it is creative and it differentiates it is definitely true. Mm-hmm. I don't want to change anyone's mind on that one. But I do get all of your points, as I have over the years about it, which is, at some point, they just seem like foregone conclusions. The The main events don't feel important. If you have The Undertaker on your team, <laughs> yeah. like that shit. Sometimes he eliminates everybody. This yeah. does happen. Yeah. But there's been good Survivor Series matches, Quinn, that are fun and that the crowd is into. But mm-hmm. out of all of the Survivor Series matches, there's probably not a lot of really exciting ones. No. I kind of was intrigued by the women's one at 87. Yeah, Remember that, that one? one's weird. Where like Judy Martin's a big hero it's, and Velvet. Like you said, it there can be intriguing ones just because they're strange. Yeah. But then when they do it once, you never want to see it again. So like the tag one. The tag right. one, the first time they did it, it's interesting. The second year, you're like, this is like almost an hour. Like, why are we, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Well, Same with the women's one. Like, if they did that two years in a row, you might be like, <laughs> like, right, you know right. what I mean? Like it, it, and same with like the first one, seeing like Hulk Hogan and the big names in it. That's fun one year, but then it's not anymore because you saw it. it like Survivor Series is like if the teams are unique one time, yeah. that's the only time it's interesting. What did you think about while we're on the topic? Obviously, Survivor Series. The one time they tried something a little different, which was the grand finale. The you know the ultimate Survivor I still match in ninety. That, that could have been good, right? But the problem with it. The main issue with it, in my opinion, was is it shouldn't have been it would have been more interesting if faces and heels would end up somehow based on like the grid or whatever. Right. The grid. Whatever however they decide if they were somehow mixed up at the end. Right? Is like that would make it interesting. Instead of it being like Tito and uh, Ultimate Warrior and Hogan against Rick Martel's team, I think it was. Like, yeah, no. That's totally you're taking the the intrigue out of it. It's like the fact that these teams aren't chosen. Right. And they tried to do that with the wild card I was just gonna later, bring that which up. What was did you think of that? Way better. See, way people be- hate that, but I like that. I thought it was so cool. I because, thought it was fun. Again, it's all these teams that don't like each other teaming up. See, that's like 
they don't understand what Survivor Series is. You can't keep doing it over and over and over again. You have to like spice it up, or who cares? That's and even in kayfabe, that was like Gorilla Monsoon's point. Because remember, right. like President Monsoon, I'm gonna fucking, I don't care. But yeah. you're gonna have to get along. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Basically, just like no, that, that one's see, fun. That's, that's interesting. That you one's very mean? fun. But but I think if they combine that concept with the with the grand finale, right, right. that's the ultimate survivor match, in my opinion. And then how where, do you tell a story with that though, you think? Like how do you you know what I mean? How do you make that interesting well, okay. beyond the teams? So so here's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that what you do is you have feuds, for example, right? I know that maybe the Macho Man's team, I'm just making up shit, right? Yeah, but go ahead. like say you know how Macho Man and Jake the Snake don't like each other later on in ninety two or whatever? Say, sure. Say 91, 92, say, yeah. Say Macho Man's now feuding with someone else after that, right? Right. He fights another heel team of that guy, right? Meanwhile, Jake, this evil Jake the Snake's in another match earlier in the night. Right. And he somehow survives against whoever he's feuding against, right? And then when you get to the ultimate survivor match, Macho Man's now weirdly teamed up with Jake the Snake in the finale and everyone's like oh remember that feud from earlier in the year and then like it's like they hate each other and shit hmm. and it's like super interesting like that that's all i mean it's like that you just do it in such a way where it's like it's like their last feud right right like you know what i mean they nothing's been settled but they're now teamed together like weirdly and they hate it i understand you know i do think it had a place what do you think of this it 2001, not that I like the invasion angle, but it made mm-hmm. sense in 2001 where they had like Team WWF against the Alliance and all that. That made sense, right? Yeah, yeah. As a That's another like idea, right? It's like WCW versus WWF right. in the Survivor Series, right? I thought when that happened, to be quite honest with you, yep. that was one of those like, if they had not done that in the invasion angle even no matter how shitty the invasion angle was <laughs> if survivor series wasn't wcw versus wwf right. that wouldn't make no sense at all absolutely like, you know what I mean? yes. like that was one of the first things i thought of when they when they came together actually believe it or not even back then i was like oh they're gonna have a survivor series wwf versus wcw Which right totally makes sense yeah like that makes um total sense yeah and in more recent years obviously with the brand split really being a thing and then you know one month a year they act like the brand split matters a real lot and they do team raw versus team smackdown in theory, it makes sense, but why do we suddenly care once a year, you know? The problem with the, with it now, with that kind of shit, I feel like we've just tried to... We're still chasing that whatever we're chasing, that WCW versus WWF ghost there. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we've been chasing it forever with the Raw versus SmackDown thing. No, you're right. I know. And it's at some that, point... a it, little intriguing once there was, like, NXT and they tried that. I know they did that They one did time. do that. They yeah. mixed NXT into it, so... Yeah. I do, I do understand uh, Matt Sandler's point here, and I agree that there are certain times throughout the history of Survivor Series where it is intriguing yeah. and it you, is fun. You want to sell Survivor Series, to be honest with you, Joe, if you want to make it actually compelling. Yeah. Because the business is so different and WWF like, will dominate no matter what, don't you think like maybe it's the one time a year, just for one night, they open it up to the competition where they say like we'll we'll have a working agreement with AEW or, oh, I- <laughs> or or like or some indie promotion or something. You know what I'm saying? Like to me that that's like really the only way to like keep it interesting anymore, right? Is like if you did something like that on a yearly basis, one night only. This took a turn. One night only. Uh-huh. We're we're opening it up. We're gonna allow the comp. We're gonna have a working agreement. One night only. How would that work? <laughs> I don't know, but like, you want to sell fucking pay per views and tickets and shit? Like, well, people will buy that. Yeah, but I can't see that happening. I'm just saying. They, they, I'm I'm saying they they're running out of ideas. There's really not much left to do with this shit, right? You want to make some fucking money? 
then open it up to the competition. I don't know what else to do with it. It sucks. Like it's 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 twenty years too much at this point. Well, you know what? This is I can't add anything further to that. that was- <laughs> I, I'm just making my point that like when you've backed yourself into a corner that you have to let like other people get involved because it's so boring. Yeah. Like then you, the concept is dead. So in essence, you don't like it. Yeah. It stinks. It, it stinks. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to see again. I'm I'm kind of staying neutral on this one. This is Quinn's showcase here. The floor was Quinn's on this. But Matt Sandler, thank you very much for playing along here on Change Your Mind. And folks, if you have something you want us to try to change your mind about, go to our Facebook group. There is an announcement post there. Put it in there because we still got the season left here. But when we come back, Quinn, we've got two names coming out of the tank for the Royal Flush. We're going to see where they rank. It is the Royal Flush of World Title Changes, and that is coming up right after this. Vegas good, that'll teach her to look so good and feel so right. Let me tell you about the girl I met last night. On Thanksgiving night, it's Feast or Famine as WWF superstars united the teams of four and battle it out until only the strong survive. It's the Survivor Series, live, only on pay-per-view. The immortal Hulk Hogan and his Hulkamaniacs try to drumstick it to the natural disasters. And the champion, the ultimate warrior, leads his warriors as they try to knock the stuffing out of the perfect team. The Survivor Series, it's guaranteed to be exciting! Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the violets. Welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 224. May the 24th be with you here. It's an important thing to say. Quinn just got off the phone with Tony Khan trying to arrange that interpromotional Survivor Series for next November, obviously. I I don't know. We could do it. You think you can get it done? He seems like an agreeable guy. Yeah, he sure but does. I don't doesn't know he? about Vincent Kennedy over there. I don't think VK is known as being an agreeable guy. But I'll tell you what, if people want to agree to more OVP content, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. I'm going to make this brief, okay? We don't try to do this to get rich, but we do know that there are people that like to support us, that want to support us. Mm-hmm. And in return, we give you extra content, which we love making anyway. So patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's two tiers. That's it. $2 a month is going to get you the weekly 1983 Canon, soon to be 1984, Quinn, well, as we've been talking about. We're big, in December. Big time over here. Big time. And uh, that is an audio or video show. You can get it just audio only or watch the video version. We've been going through every championship wrestling since January of 82. We're now in December of 83. Hulkamania is around the corner. Things are about to change, and you can join the fun. Again, that's $2 a month. That's really all it is. Right. There's no strings attached to that. Not at all. $2 a month. It's cheap. It's very cheap. It's yeah. a great way to put it. And then also very cheap, very affordable, for $5 a month, you will get not only the 1983 Canon, 
But like we mentioned earlier, the pay-per-view reviews, so we're up to Royal Rumble 93. It goes all the way back to the first WrestleMania. Hey, in a few months, it'll be Survivor Series time again, Quinn. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Can't, can't wait for uh, that one. Uh, but really, if you want to get in on the OVP pay-per-view reviews, they're like three hours, more than three hours long. We go through everything. It's the same OVP style that you get on the show, just in a much longer review yeah, form. You get your month's worth of money there. You do. We, we think you do. We do our very best to make it worthwhile for you. So again, if you like what we do, you want extra content, you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right. That's it. That's the plug. There it is. Now, speaking of plug, the uh, Royal Flush tank is plugged up here. So we're going to pull two more out Ooh, today. It's getting stinky back there. <laughs> so what is a Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, I will tell you each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was world title changes. It could be any promotion. Our fan base generally leans towards WWF and then WCW, so that's going to skew the voting. That's the way it is. Of course. You know what I mean? It's you guys voted on it, but what we do is we take all of those votes. Our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, tallies them up and puts them in two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We pull out two names a week, and we rank them, okay? And we alternate. So last week was the rankings, which is the best. This week is the flush, which is the worst. And we've only got two names on the board right now, Quinn. Only two. And they are Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna, WrestleMania 9. Wonderful. And the Montreal Screwjob is on there, which <laughs> I get it. It's uh, not even bad. It's an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's bad depending on who you ask. I think Brett might not have liked it too much. No, but... I didn't like that match. No, they screwed me, the lousy bastards. But anyway, when all of this is done, we are going to have the definitive certified organic non-GMO baptized ordains USDA certified organic and healthy best and worst title changes of all time. With that said, Quinn, I think it is time to go down to Howard Finkel mm-hmm. for the what Royal Flush. Yeah, we do let, it? let's go, Fink. All right, Fink, take us away. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. I'm a cattle prodder, a stunt gun. David Arquette won the world title. Tentative look on Hogan's face, but Nash ready to go at it. Gonna put the butts in the seat. It's the Royal Flush of World Title Changes. So here we go. Getting stinky there, Michael, and the oh, toilets all, are flowing. All the stink. All the stink. Now we've talked about that. Hey, that's really quite every enough season. Of that. We, uh, every <laughs> they, they just never stop over there. Okay, so we've talked about the good ones, you know, last week we in the that. first episode of yeah. the season. And a good world title change is something memorable for a good reason. It's something that you get excited about. It's the conclusion of a storyline. It makes sense. It has a good build. The crowd's into it. All these wonderful factors, right? It kicks off a new era, perhaps. Mm-hmm. What's a bad one? Well, first of all, it's not unmemorable as much as it's memorable in a bad way. Right. Where it's like, oh, man, this this changed something. Or right. like, it, it usually is, is some kind of like, like era, like bad time period yeah. started or something. Or like signals... Just a bad thing in general. It could hurt someone's career. It could hurt yeah. the promotion, perhaps, yeah, right? It's, it's one of those. It's not necessarily like there's times where it might not like kill a promotion right. or like even like be that groundbreaking, but it's just very like upsetting to yeah. the fan base. Like <laughs> upsetting. they're like, enough enough so that they do remember it, 
and not in a good way. Right. No, I totally understand. Yep. And uh, with that said, again, we have two on the board right now. We're pulling out two more. Let's go down to the fans and find out which world title change drew number three. Nothing like a good old cattle prod, Michael. Oh, boy. This. This is Bill Goldberg, mm-hmm. WCW World Champion, versus Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. Starcade 1998, December the 27th, and the infamous Scott Hall in a yellow shirt. Don't wear a yellow shirt. <laughs> cattle prod. So Now, remember, now this to me is the other end of the coin of the Goldberg Hogan, right? It's like this, yeah, is, this is the coin. This is this is the, the price you pay for such a good <laughs> title change. Like th- th- Here it is. Yeah. So uh, Goldberg had had a horrible reign anyway in terms of pay-per-view matches, but we won't yeah, get into that. Uh, I mean, it, to me, if if he if WCW existed longer, yeah, I think Goldberg could have had better reigns like afterwards, right? Because this is the 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 whole problem with picking Goldberg in the first place. Like as much as he was so over and great and everything, and his build was fantastic. Yeah, was that he just didn't have the experience in the business, right? That's part of it. And I think he did. Um, to his credit, when he years later when he got to WWE, I thought he was a better performer, like as an actual professional wrestler. Probably but, is a better wrestler. Yeah. Yes, but in WCW, I mean, they did do some good stuff with him. Don't get me wrong, this champion, like the DD. P match is really good. Yeah, obviously the feed went out, of course, because WCW. But the problem was <laughs> again, you were giving it to a guy that you know had only been in the business for two years. So that, yeah. it's it's kind of the it's the price you pay for such a a great thing, right? They caught lightning in a bottle with them. They yeah. did do the right thing. They put the title on them, which did make sense. You know yeah, what I mean? I was exactly. giving you a really hard time last week on purpose. But he was like the most popular guy in all of yeah. wrestling, and it was totally logical and made a lot of sense for him to defeat Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. The way they didn't put him on pay per view for. A couple of the pay-per-views while he was world champion is just baffling to me, but whatever. It's baffling. But they did put him against Kevin Nash. Right. Now, Kevin Nash had been very popular throughout 98 because he'd been a face. The Wolf. The Wolf Wolf Pack. Right. And uh, the NWO Wolf Pack was hot during the period of time. It probably, a lot of people don't like it in retrospect, but at the time. At the time, it was like. It was a big deal. It was one of the parallel things that was going on with the the Goldberg stuff. Correct. Right. It was like, everyone was like, we want Wolf Pack. Wolf, Wolf, Wolf. wolf. Like, (laughs) we we want it. And uh, we want to get those red NWO shirts, not those white ones. I had a red one. I'm not going to lie. So Nash was popular. Nash hadn't fought Goldberg yet. Goldberg was 173 and 0, right? Yeah. He was the world champion. He had defeated everybody, including Hulk Hogan, right. that had come in his path. But did he beat the Wolf Pack? But could he beat the Wolf Pack? Could he beat Kevin Nash, the leader of the Wolf Pack? So we get to Starcade 98. And in typical of the time, WCW fashion, it's a very overbooked match, meaning there's a lot of run-ins that Goldberg like Disco Inferno interferes. Bam, bam, Bigelow was interferes. Disco, was that the the endless disco trying to get in the end of the saga? Yeah. Like, which is actually sort of funny. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. So it's I, like, I'll impress them. <laughs> so they have, I don't know what I'd even rate that match. I haven't seen it in forever. It's not that long. It's like 10 or 11 minutes, and it's a, a no DQ match. It's it's what it started, which is it's what everyone hates so much. So if you recall... Right, this whole like we were talking about the whole year, like NWO, red, red and black versus white and black or yeah. whatever, right? They're fighting each other, yada yada yada. And then like 
for seemingly no fucking reason other than just to fuck over Bill Goldberg. They're like, we're a team now. NWO yeah. is all back and it's good or whatever. And like, what? And there's a related title change that also might make the flush. I'm not going to, okay. uh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised right, if it right. does, there's you the, know? The next night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what happens obviously is that Scott Hall comes in in a security shirt and right. <laughs> uses a stun gun right. on Goldberg. Now, now you have to remember, here's the here's what they were trying to go for, right? No, go ahead. They were trying to, like, it's a swerve because you're thinking, well, Scott Hall's an NWO Correct. white and black. Yes, he is. And, and he's in the Wolf Wolf, yes. the Kevin Nash, and you're like, oh, he's going to cattle prod Kevin Nash, yeah. right? But no. No, he cattle prods Goldberg. Nash uses one of his typical jackknifes on him, and... Kevin Nash breaks the streak. And a lot of people now, hate breaks this. with an asterisk. Yeah, but because he's, like that's what everyone felt that time. It's like this is bullshit. He didn't he, really break it. It's just like Scott Hall's a big dick or whatever. Scott Hall's a big dick. There's a big pop too for Nash winning. I mean, a lot of people did well, want him to okay, win. Okay, so I I always attribute that to the, the the thing I always say about crowds. Like they want to see something. They want to. Th- I was right? at that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like that's all that is. And then like literally like within minutes, I bet people were like, oh wait a second. Right. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people retrospectively and maybe at the time too thought it was a bad idea for uh, Kevin Nash to defeat Goldberg and especially in the manner that he did. Now, I personally um the taser I don't hate that because I I, I don't. It, I don't like it. I don't like it either, but I'm saying it you're doing something to Goldberg to try to make him look less weak, I but, suppose. Okay, so here's the here's the the, the route they went with Goldberg that Go I didn't like. Yeah. Is that what I thought would be much cooler with a Goldberg type because he had this um real sports kind of way to him. Yeah. I thought it would have been a better choice that if you were to beat him, that it was clean and the idea was like, you got me, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Because I, I, cause cause the whole point of Goldberg to me wasn't that he was gimmicky. It was that he felt real. Absolutely. And like, even if there was a handshake or something at the end, just something like where it was like, or he just he just got him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that's a better end point it, it for is. Bill Goldberg. No, like, Quinn, it specifically is. Specifically the Goldberg. Maybe not an NWO, say an NWO character was undefeated. That's it's different. different. But it, for Goldberg specifically, it just felt like it should have been some kind of like real sports kind of thing. I to totally it, agree. Right? And you know what? To your point, Quinn. The DDP Goldberg match was that feel. It's just like Goldberg wound up winning it, but it was like he barely got him. Right. He got exactly. DDP, but like, yeah. and then was like the sportsmanship style. Yeah. So even I, it, I agree even with if you. it was still Kevin Nash, if it was that Kevin Nash just beat him clean because he's more experienced or something. Right. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like, Kevin Nash being it, the more experienced, is, like, like right, savvy co- ring general. In comparison know, no. at that time. You're right. He absolutely. And is. like if they just did it that way, and it doesn't even have to be made. Maybe Bill Goldberg is now an ally of NWO Red, but he's not in it. Like, right. it's just somebody that's like, respect, 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 brother. Like, you know what I mean? Why do you think this gets a lot of hate? It's not just the taser. Because it's reverting back to, like, the way it was. It's it's the first step going into the next night. Cause I, the I, next week. I think I know what you mean. if the taser happened and then the next night didn't, I think we'd look at it differently. I think, I think we'd be like... Oh, like, because the way they could have gone with it was that, oh, now Goldberg's got huge issues with NWO Red. Maybe not black and white. 
right. red, right? right? And yeah. then it's like, okay, then maybe we got some we got some juice in a feud here, right? Where Goldberg chases again, and you put him back into a position where he's just annihilating people every week. Right. You know, and then maybe he can regain the title or some that's Super Brawl or one of those. Would you have broken the streak at Starcade 98? I mean, there's, there's part of me that says maybe that was the right time because it's like the end of the year, right? And it's the biggest pay-per-view at it's that time. It's the biggest pay-per-view, right? Maybe that's the reset button. Right. But I think it's the, the, the thing that bothered me was the manner it was done, not so much when it was done. How about like, the person it, that did it? I wouldn't again. I wouldn't mind it if it wasn't done the way it was done. The, the, like, okay, with the taser, right? So it's, you, for you, it is the taser. It's the taser more so <laughs> than like I don't care who beat him. To be quite honest really? with you, I think what Kevin if Hogan did, beat him. That would have been a little Hogan. Maybe, maybe wouldn't that it? was maybe that's that would have been very Hogan. Maybe that's a little <laughs> step too far. But Kevin Nash was still considered as a young guy back then, right? Like a, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, to the fans, compared to whom he was portrayed that way because he was surrounded by. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan and shit. Well, yeah, like, you know I mean, a I'm lot saying? of people like, will be so, young compared to that. Right, like, Roddy so Kevin, Piper. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were considered, like, contemporaries, they're right? They're like 40, by the way, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, the way they're portrayed is yes, like, yes. oh, they're they're hip and cool and stuff, right? Cool 40-year-olds, yeah. yeah exactly. Paul Rudd. That's all, the, all I'm saying is, like, Kevin Nash is fine as the person to beat him. You really think so? It just doesn't need to be the, the taser. The taser's <laughs> my biggest problem with it. Now, one of the things, too, and I don't know this, and folks, you dig and let me know because I've seen it both ways. People say Nash booked himself to beat Goldberg. Nash insists he wasn't booking WCW until February of 99. I kind of weirdly... I don't know the answer here. Can I, can I say this? I've never known Nash to lie when he's in power. Meaning, I don't know. Me, uh, as to like lie about dates like a Hogan or something. Like I actually like weirdly trust him there. Hogan flat out just says things right. that aren't true. I've never you know? I've never heard Nash maybe I'm wrong, folks. Maybe I haven't watched all the shoot interviews ever, but I like, haven't. I've never Kevin Nash always came off to me as a reliable narrator when it came to dating things. Like when when points at which he, he was doing what he was doing. You booked yourself to beat Bill Goldberg. Yeah, because I was I was almost as hot as you were, Bill, at the time as a baby face. And you know what I did? I turned around and fucking got the belt and took your streak because, boy, I sure had fucking bragging rights for fucking 24 hours when I turned around and went boom. That was for me, Bill. That was because... And I want you, motherfucker, to find one time in my career that I said, and I fucking ended Goldberg's streak. You might have 200 wins, but baby, you got one loss, and you're looking at it. If he like, wasn't like, booking, who w- would have been? Say, if folks, can you look into this for us, really, and let me know because I don't know. You know what just I mean? Been like Kevin Sullivan or some shit. <laughs> the, the default, yeah. always Kevin, yeah. like the default booker. But yeah. whether Nash booked himself, could have been an Eric Bischoff decision for it all. Could have been, like, yeah. You know what I mean? He might have been like, well, it's just time. There you know pe- what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, you're right. And there are people that say this was one of the worst decisions WCW uh, made. I think this is this is um not the worst. The worst is the next night, but. The next week, January 4th, whatever I know it what is, you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think the idea of, you know, year ends, Bill Goldberg drops it and, you know, we move to the next chapters. That's not a bad idea. Right. It's just, I think, the way it was done. And I think you can tell that they thought we're protecting him by doing this, right? The that, taser. Yeah, that's yeah, that, what I was that, getting that, at. That's, that's what they probably thought. Yes. But correctly for it to be to lead to a some kind of elaborate ruse to the NWO, like coming all together again that's when it was like what are we just going back to 1990 we literally like the whole year we just did just didn't matter 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're just Goldberg resetting. Hogan didn't matter. We're, we're just resetting back to the way it was before. I think that might be the lasting effect that this has and why people hate it so much is it yeah. really did kick off something that wasn't good. Right. And that was stale. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know where I stand as far as when Goldberg should have lost, if it was here. if I, You can't have him be undefeated yeah. forever. Do you gotta do you, lose eventually. Do you partially think um, that this is one of those weird, like, you know, WCW is a corporation with a lot of voices and shit. And, like, that maybe they said, like, we think we could sell more stuff with NWO than we can with Goldberg. Oh, I don't know, Quinn. Like, but that, that, that it was, like, a, a, a financial decision, kind of, like... I don't know. I mean, they're not known for their competency yeah. when it comes to handling certain things right. like that. So maybe because I I do think once Goldberg won the title, yeah, they everything was a little flat after that because the chase was so big. And I'm wondering if it like I've always wondered this about this why this was so abrupt and weird. Yeah, was that like part of it was just like they made a hard decision that it was like we can make more money off NWO shit than we can Goldberg shit. Maybe. Like, um, like I've always wondered because it just seems so out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It really, Goldberg was never the same in WCW after this. No, it damaged him. It actually did. So which maybe is, the taser is, was bad. Which which is ironic because the whole point of the taser <laughs> is to protect him. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't. It, no. it ends up ruining everything. He looked like a doofus too and then he broke his, he the hurt his hand. And yeah, all that it's, shit. it's all it, bad. It, yeah. I mean that didn't help. I if that window thing didn't happen, it's actually possible that maybe it, it would have just he would have recovered and like it possibly it would there would have there would have been like a second build up right a second march towards getting rid of the NWO and getting his belt back quite right? possibly which yeah. is maybe the point they were going for but then that shit happened. Who knows if they ever knew yeah. what they were going for? Yeah. And uh, okay, well that's kind of all we have on this one, right? Yep. I mean. It's not good. I agree. Yeah. And the manner in which it was done isn't good. The taser back, is my no, biggest You're issue. right. You're right. I agree with yeah. you. I, I, I take back what I said. The taser's stupid. I get why they did it, but it's, it wasn't good. Okay. With that said, you want to find out who drew number four? Sure. Count us down, fans. Well, you knew David Arquette had to make this list, Quinn. Oh boy, this is um, probably one of the most infamous ones. Yes, um, of all time. And I honestly couldn't fucking believe this happened at the time. I was like, I even like, I know I wasn't like the biggest mark even by that point, right? Or, like the biggest smart mark or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and so I, I don't know why. I just remember instantly recognizing that this was shit. Well, yeah, I mean. The background on this, folks, David Arquette is an actor, obviously, and he was young, not even 30 years old at this time in 2000. This is April 26th, right. 2000, that he won it on Thunder. And uh, WCW had <sighs> produced the movie um, Right of the Rumble, obviously, right. which featured a lot of their guys. And this which is Which, again, for WCW, that's a big thing. You have to, we always, we always have to remove ourselves temporarily and say, like, getting a movie with your wrestlers in it. That's a good. That's, gig. that's good. Yeah. That that is good for them. It's be, it doesn't matter how good the movie is because right. we know No Holds Barred sucked ass. Yes, it, it's that they have a movie and it's something to market and it keeps them relevant. Yeah, right. So absolutely. like having a movie, not bad. Not bad. And uh, David Arquette was in it, obviously. Yeah. So this is part of a co-promotion where he started appearing on WCW television. Now he won the title <laughs> in a tag match. Actually, just for the record, here he was teaming with DDP, mm -hmm. and the match was against Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. 
and the stipulation was whoever gets the pin on whoever wins the title. And I want to um, give you, redo the explanation from the man who booked this, Mr. Vince Russo. And he says, uh, first of all, bro, he wanted a tag match beating Eric Bischoff, so that's feasible. He never beat a wrestler, so he kind of got caught up in the moment. And if you watch it back, he gets caught up in the moment. He gets Bischoff. And when it's done, one, two, three, and it sinks in, bro, the very next episode, he says that. He's like, bro, no, I don't want this. I have no business winning this, bro. We told you where it was all feasible. So basically, Russo, I didn't win it. Well, well, well here's the thing. <laughs> Russo isn't wrong in the sense that it's feasible that You're he right. won it because he, he pinned Eric Bischoff and it's a tag a, match. Executive or whatever. He pinned a guy in a suit. But just because you can do something yeah. doesn't mean maybe you should do something. I think that's the argument against it. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Yes. Like, he pinned a guy, a this non-wrestler. Is, I get... You know what I mean? I get what he's saying, but this is... It doesn't... Was this it's good? One of, it's one of his worst decisions. It's a stupid idea. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a step too far, even for Vince Russo. And I appreciate Vince Russo for never backing down on it, whether it's sheer... outside the box and well, the other... Well, not even that. I don't even know if I like that, but I love that it's... 21 years later, and he still defends it. Are you surprised by the criticism that this gets? Yeah, because I was surprised of how many people actually believe that wrestling was real. Yes, that surprised the crap out of me that there were that many imbeciles walking this planet. Yes. It's not a good idea. No. Like, I don't think it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, no, maybe I, I'm wrong. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a it's a good idea. I I understand it's feasible in the storyline within the context. Um, and then, but that's one thing. So you're he- here's the problem is you're hearing that from a writer. Right? Yeah. The writer says says well this fits into the narrative and it may, it's not it's not that it doesn't make sense. Right. That's that's a writer's answer. Uh, yeah. You're, that's not a wrestling booker's answer. Because that's not thinking about the rest of the the, the rest of the roster and how it affects anyone else yeah, and the title. Yeah, yeah. Now I know that wrestling titles are not actually titles in the sense that you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, or you, you win to, the World Series. Yeah, and you have to remember that wrestling is, you know, writing goes with wrestling, but wrestling is a different beast as far as how it needs to be written for. Let's put it that way. This this kind of television writing that Vince Russo is talking about, it doesn't apply the, the same way. Not everything does. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not people call the belts props and they're meaningless or whatever, there is still, you can't, I wouldn't think that it's wise to put the perception out there that your belt was won by an actor that's yeah. not a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know at the end of the day, yeah, it's just wrestling. But also, it's just WCW went out of business the following year also. Right. Yeah. So it's and not just wrestling. Again, this is not like, there's no one thing that put WCW. It's not like no, no. The people and that act like, no, David Arquette was, WCW th- died. Absolutely they not. Recovered just, they they, they could have recovered from that. It's possible. Oh, yeah. No, they no, no, It's not. It was just all these other things. Like it's not the, this. Like the fucking taser and all that shit. Too. There's a lot of reasons. There's, a, there's all these reasons. This did hurt the belt. Let's put it that it way. It hurt the belt, and I think it just was silly. I think yeah. it was a silly thing. I appreciate the way they followed it up. Like, David Arquette's like, what the fuck? I don't want to win this. I'm not a wrestler. I get it. And Courtney then on top Cox of it, wasn't on there. there like a triple cage or some shit in like the next match? Or was this the match where he won it in the triple cage? I think that's where he lost it in the triple threat match at Slamboree or something. It's, the, he the didn't have the title long. The triple cage, though, yeah, thing, right? I think so. <sighs> he didn't have the title long. Let's just be honest about yeah. that. It wasn't a long time. It was like a week or it, something. Yeah, right? 12 days, whatever it was. DDP wound up getting it, and I guess Arquette was 
He swerved DDP. I don't know. It's very Vince Russo, right? <laughs> Did it bring them some publicity of some kind? Yeah. Wasn't but worth it. Was it worth it? I don't think so. I don't know. You know, I get why. It wasn't worth it because it affected, it, it really hurt their core audience. It was like, it, you know what it was? It was one of those things where they were like. It really insulted people. <laughs> it was one of those things where they sacrificed their core audience to gain some mainstream audience. I think That's so. exactly what they were going for, and right? Vin- Vince Russo was successful at that in the past. Right, he was. He was good at alienating the score audience. The problem or, is, is they didn't attract enough of the mainstream yeah. audience, so it didn't. Use, that only works if you attract more mainstream than your. If you grow out of it, right? Because yeah, you know you your grow. core is not going to go away. But then, if you don't get the mainstream audience that you're expecting, and you piss off your core audience, <laughs> and there's another company that said core audience can go watch, yeah, right. Then, then you're really, you really fucked up. Yeah, because right? like you now you've lost viewers somehow right. in this thing that was supposed to gain people, right? That's the thing. I mean, look, and I don't begrudge anyone, but there are wrestling fans that took and still take this stuff very seriously. They took offense to this, David. This, right. This touched a nerve. Now. To be fair, the WCW, <laughs> I've always thought this even before David Arquette, the WCW title was a little goofy in the first place. Why? Always, I don't know. It just wasn't, between the two world titles, I, I never saw the prestige in comparison to WF because, first of all, all of its prestige was based off this fake notion that it was like Abraham Lincoln had the belt well, and all this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Technically, yeah, the but NWA it it title. It wasn't even the NWA title. Yeah. So it's like, the, it was just always funny to me when, like, especially in 99, I remember them saying that more. To like what the Abraham to, Lincoln thing that the, the, the prestige was like they were really harping on the prestige of the belt and like to me that always like immediately was like WCW titles a little goofy in the first place <laughs> like if any title could be won by a celebrity it's David it's it's the WCW, WCW belt see like you know what I mean I don't think anyone would have been having this conversation if he had won their hardcore title no at the time well yeah the the fake hardcore yeah the, yeah, the, the shitty hardcore one. yeah maybe even the TV. Yeah, I could see them getting away with that oh, without yeah, no, major you, repercussions. No, it, if it's if it's even in the U.S. title, like it's not that important. Like yeah, by then, no. Yeah, but the world title, I think it really you said it when it struck a nerve with wrestling fans. And you got to remember, WCW's traditional core audience, they kind of didn't like that style of shit. That's where the WWF fans gravitated well, that's why they, to. That's why they hated Vince Russo so much. It was so against the ethos of their core fan right. base, like what he what he was doing. So I totally understand it. Maybe some of our fans are, are those these people where you grew up a Southern wrestling fan watching Ricky Steamboat, yeah. watching Ric Flair, the NWA, the Crockett Promotions, and you've stuck with it throughout the 90s. And now you get to 2000 and the fucking WWF Attitude Era guy is now in your company yeah. and he's making an actor from Scream, you know, because that's probably the most notable thing he did, that's, right? That's 100% true. The guy from fucking Scream is now the world champion <laughs> and, and Russo is unapologetic about it 20 years later. If I Russo, get that yeah, side of it Russo too. Russo maybe apologized about it. He would, doesn't it, care. It would help. I don't blame him because... I don't either. Honestly... I get both sides, but it's still bad. <laughs> he's sort of right from the writing perspective. From a writing perspective, yes. yes, yes. He's sort of right. Should he sense. have done it? Probably not. No. It no. Was, it's probably not worth the, like, what what it did. Right? right. It's like, it's... I don't know. I Weirdly, I feel the WWF was capable of surviving that even more. Like, with Vince McMahon is like, their version of it. Essentially, right. Once again, a very in logic, it made sense. Right. Did they need to do it? No. no. You know, it's the same but thing. But weirdly, the WWF title isn't 
isn't stained by it because of the I don't, it's just the manner of w, the way WWF is that I it's know. like plausible a celebrity they could still have a celebrity win the world title and it wouldn't like damage them I don't think it's a good idea though no but it's yes. not a good idea but like unlike WCW was so fragile at that point right they they couldn't come back from something like that right and you know what I mean it wasn't the same situation and to be fair to uh, Vince Russo on this one <laughs> Jay Leno pinned Eric Bischoff also yeah people pin Eric Bischoff Jay Leno pinned Eric Bischoff, and I I don't think that's well regarded, Mm -hmm. but like, what if the world title was on the line in that match somehow? Jay Leno could have been the world champion. I think we're also forgetting compounding all of this is Jeff Jarrett. Well, you don't like Jeff Jarrett. Nobody liked Jeff Jarrett. Let's be real. His whole run there- The nicest man, too. I know, he's so nice, but like- the whole like 1999 slap nuts. I'm the chosen one. I didn't shit, like it, but he was, was a heel. That, so uh. I'm, what I'm saying is, is I think partially in a weird way, and the swerve at the end, and all this shit. It's like it's just like it's enough is enough. Like it's <sighs> it's just like I just feel it made a shitty situation worse. He often had a uh, proclivity of doing that, didn't he, yeah. Jeff Jarrett? He was like, it was like the cherry on top to all this bull crap. Like, I'm was, here now. Yeah, and, and it's all it's all swerve so I could be the champion or slap nuts or whatever he says. For, like, the, for the record, I like Jeff Jarrett. I just don't like him as a main eventer. It's my only qualm with him. I actually like him. I, yeah. I think he's a good wrestler and I think he's talented, but... Yeah, that WCW world title scene when he was in it, I did not like it. I yeah, agree with you. In the triple cage. Yeah, There's I a know. lot of aspects to this, and like DDP never winning out of all of this. DDP's very grungy in 2000 also. Okay, I always felt from the beginning of 1999 till the end of 1999, I felt like they were just slowly picking away at DDP and making him worse and worse and worse. And it was like older. so fucking annoying because he was at the top of his game. Like he literally he had been, yeah. Yeah, he literally was. He like, had been, yeah, but he was getting old. He was 44 around this time. I still think he had another year in him. I think 99 was totally feasible to have him doing great shit. Maybe. And um, they just they, they they just kept doing shit to him and like I don't know why. It's partially like why by the time he got to WF like 2 or 3 years later, yeah, like in he was 01. he was crap. Well, and they also booked a weird thing with right, him. It yeah. was weird. But uh I think we've said what what there is to say right now. Right. I'd say it's ranking time. Okay. So at number one, Quinn again, Hogan, Yoko, WrestleMania 9. Mm-hmm. Sean and Brett, Montreal, screw job. Now, this whole Nash Goldberg thing, mm-hmm. I got to say it's the worst one so far. Um, yeah. I think so far, yes. Hogan, Yoko, we, we don't like it. But I mean, ultimately... Hogan I mean, I don't wins like, the belt. The rain is shitty. I wouldn't shitty. say I don't like it. I hate it. Okay, well, I, that's I fair. I absolutely detest it. But what happens, you know, is I hate though the Goldberg thing much worse. It bothers me. I think that is just a worse. I think it's just because of what happened afterwards was so poor. <laughs> if the day after is also on this list, then that it will probably de- that, will be. that will be worse than the than week the after. after the, the week, week, week after. after whatever. I always think of it as the day. It's after. not, but it might as well have been. Yeah. Again, Hogan Yoko, it's poopy. Yeah, because it's just like he charges in. He's like, "I'm the champion again, brother." It's really I mean, it's upsetting. Re- it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, it's really upsetting. And um, but ultimately he loses it back to Yokozuna, and that's great. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that big a deal, right? You know, it's ultimately it's not that big a deal. Sean and Brett. I mean, this is such an outlier. Yeah, because it's not the planned finish. Didn't have well, Brett's planned finish didn't happen. Right. 
So you could. I just think the match is not bad. The match isn't that bad. And yeah. look, I mean, I know the ending sucks. No, I'm it's not terrible. Arguing that the ending's good. I mean, we, we I'm know just that. saying the match is so great. The fact that you think of it this way, that the match is so great that it's a fucking shame that it ended the way it is. That's to me saying the match was good. It was a good yeah, match, and yeah. it finally happened. Yeah, they've been trying to do this forever. God, if that Montreal just if that wasn't in the cards. I would have so much enjoyed a bunch of Sean and Brett matches where they're just brawling because they fucking hate each other. They kept feuding or something like God, that. God, it would have been so cool. It like, would have been cool. Like, the, I think it would have, like, escalated, honestly. It could have, Quinn. You, you know what I mean? Like, sure. to, like, WrestleMania or something. It, it could you have. Know? You know? So, I don't know. The, the Screwjob's a weird one that we just have to handle differently, but I still think that in terms of upsetting and in terms of why did they do it like this and, and why did this happen... I would have to put Nash and Goldberg above Hogan Yoko for sure and oh, put yeah. it at number one for now. I will put now. it at number one, and I'll say this. Going to the next one, I think it feeds nicely into the next one. David Arquette. I think that's number two, and I'll tell Whoa, you. I'll well, I don't know. Okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I think it's number two. Because I think that the Nash and Goldberg is so monumentally bad that I feel like the David Arquette shit is not possible without Nash and Goldberg. Oh, I don't know. I mean... the The... the the Arquette thing is born out of desperation. Yes. And it's born out of desperation from the decision made with the Nash and Goldberg. I don't know. That's my point with it. I, I, I know where you're going with that, but I mean, Quinn, David Arquette won the WCW title. Shouldn't that be enough? Put it at number one? In all seriousness. I mean... Is it logical? Yes. Yes. But so is the taser could hurt someone and they get pinned. I think it's the... You know? The thing with the David Arquette was is everything was already down the shitter. Yes. And my point is is that it's down the shitter because of the Nash and Goldberg. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, it's a worse thing, but it's also like it's par for the course. Whereas the Nash and Goldberg is a <laughs> serious fucking horrible deviation from like something. It's going from like things are working. And now they're not anymore, like in an instant. Whereas with the uh, Arquette thing, it really... already everything sucked ass. <laughs> like it was just like it's just it was just like a, a kick to the dick after you're already down from the first kick to the dick. <laughs> it's like a second kick to the dick. So you're calling Nash Goldberg a kick to the dick? Yeah, really? Yes, that's how I've always felt about it. I, I and I've said this, that, that, and it's it's partially the whole argument why I always like. Don't rag on Starcade '97 so much, is because I think. Oh, don't that worry, I will. It's just because I think that the Nash and Goldberg is so much more egregious. It's so bad, like it's so horrible to me. Okay, but what makes it worse to you than uh, David Arquette, the actor, winning the world title? Because the David Arquette, the actor, I already knew WCW was a piece of garbage by that point. <laughs> I like to me. I remember when it happened. I was just like, okay, like, like this is this is what we're doing now. Like, you know what I mean? I I already was like tired of WCW. I didn't give I a was shit. Too, in two thousand, like, yeah, really, it was, it was like, tough. He won, and like I wasn't even thinking. Like pe- people, it was only later that everyone talked about repercussions to the world title. At the time, I was like, this seems like what WCW would do. <laughs> like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like by that point, it wasn't surprising anymore. It was just another stupid stunt. It was another, like, Mark Madden with fucking sunglasses on, like, time period. Like, we're so fucking edgy now. We're fake attitude era. Like, meanwhile, it's like Tony Schiavone in shorts and 
white socks and it's just like uh, at like the beach or something and it's just like what, the, Hudson. what the fuck is this like you know what I mean like, like everything was already like that already it's like everything was like we're like MTV and shit and like it's like you know what it was just it, it it's just it's just another fucking thing in this mess right and that, that's all because they fucked up Goldberg and Nash like you know what I mean so like it's just like so you basically fucking socks with sandals and like, Scott Hudson being like, oh, they're gonna work themselves into a shoot about that one. Hawaiian you know, like, shirts and talking about marks and yeah, it's like a, it's just the a, dirt sheets. Yeah, it's just a, fucking triple cages and but this Jeff is all Jarrett. this is all fucking crap. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it and it's all it's been crap since the day Goldberg lost the belt. So you're saying that. It was just par for the course. It was, it was just, just, it was just status just, it was, quo. It was just a cherry on the top of a shit Sunday. Like it was just, it was already, it was gone at that point. Like, are, you, are you saying if they hadn't done it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway? It, it still would have been just, just as bad. Just as fucking bad. It, there would have been anything, and it would just, it just would have blurred into this garbage heap. Like you know what I mean? Like, like let's be honest here. Like I've always, <laughs> I've always been very clear to you about how. I have no problem with WCW from 1995 to 1998. And why I, why I can say that definitively is because the final pay-per-view of 1998 sends them into such a tailspin that it's a nice fucking bookend of exactly <laughs> 1995 to 1998. It's like right at the end. All right. It's like, now this sucks asshole. Like, and it's bad. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. I agree with you. I'll, you know I'll what do I mean? it. I'll do That's it based on that. That's why this is number two. But yeah, Arquette. Winning the world title is still worse yeah. than Hogan Yoko. Yes. Right. 100%. People liked Hogan Yoko. I mean, yeah. people liked Hogan winning. Don't get me wrong. A uh-huh. lot of people did. Mm-hmm. People that like Hulk Hogan. He still had a lot of fans. So I get it, you yeah. know. All right. So Arquette is number two. Yeah. Really? Because it's a fucking consequence that you, ha- it's, it's the price you pay for doing the taser. It's, that's what you get. You're hinging it all on the taser, aren't you? Yes. The taser to me was the end of the line. Like, I've always said that, and I know all the arguments of why does Quinn keep standing by, like, Starcade 97 or whatever. It's because we'll see it, about that. It's, a, it's a tiny bump on the road that— We'll see. To, —to the thing that's at number one. I will have a piece to say about that if it yeah. makes it, though, Hogan Sting. Don't you worry. If it does, that's fine. If it does. No, it's bad. It's just, like, again, tiny bump comparatively. You really think that Nash and Goldberg was the— Oh yes, I've the one, catalyst here. I've huh? always believed that. I think a lot of people do, and I think I've that's why I made the list. One hundred percent, always believed it, and I and I guess that's why I never got the point of people saying like WCW died the day Hogan Sting. Like it just didn't because okay, 90, I'll say st- I'll have my piece. Ninety eight was actually fine until this. Okay, so just to f- fine tune it here, Nash Goldberg. Whether Nash booked it or not, it's still bad, right? Mm-hmm. The Taser is bad. Goldberg maybe losing. It's a very WCW thing to do something like this too. An overbooked yeah. dumbass match, and mm-hmm. then and then you just reunite the fucking NWO anyway. It is very WCW. I fucking hate it. I, I I hate it because it's like watching this thing you like. Yeah. Just like go down the fucking tubes. Where <laughs> by the time like I, I like I said before, by the time we got to Arquette, Arquette everything was shit. You're right. Like you know what I mean. Like this is just another shitty shit thing to do it was all indistinguishable but everything yeah. was a blur by yeah. 2000 it's like what are they doing i don't care terry funk is here who are the old age outlaws the only, why is this happening why the, is mark madden on the show yeah it, it, and then like literally it, it led to them just having to like 
go back to Ric Flair just talking as like the only thing they could provide. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not I know, kidding I know, when I always happened. say that I know. about 2000 and like the, the Ric Flair having to cut promos on a week to week basis. Like it's 1988 <laughs> because they have nothing is that's, that's when you've, you hit bottom. Like, you know what I mean? And you're pinning it all on Nash Goldberg. Yes. All right. I'll leave it at number one. And uh, the Arquette thing is definitely bad though. Make no bones about it. Yeah. Okay. Don't, pretend that we're defending this folks we're not the arquette thing is bad but i like your reasoning and rationale and most of all it made me laugh so i want to yeah. agree with you and put sure. nash goldberg yeah. at number one because it's just fun to do that yeah to make that number one it so stinks it, no it is it's bad i agree yeah. with you so all right for this week week number two here on the royal flush of world title changes number one kevin nash versus bill goldberg starcade 98 number two the David Arquette thing from April of 2000. <laughs> Three, Hogan Yoko, WrestleMania 9, and four, the uh, the weirdest one on here, obviously, Sean and Brett, Montreal. That is the four on the list right now. Be sure to let us know yours. You can do that, of course, on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But when we come back, it is time for the Prime, baby. It is going to be a Moo Match of the Week and all that good stuff. WCW Prime coming up right after this. We had David Arquette in the building, and the show was already booked, okay? Tony Schiavone came up to me and said, Vince, let me, let, me, let me throw something at you. And I said, what? He says, what if David Arquette won the WCW title? Now, when, when, when Schiavone said that to me, my eyes and ears really opened up because I had never even considered that. I had, that had never even crossed my mind. And when Shivani said this, I'm like, what? He says, you know, what, what if David, somehow, someway, David Arquette came out with the belt? I'm like, well, shit, bro, I, I never even saw that coming, okay? So now I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. Obviously, it was in a tag match, and Bischoff was in the match. So Arquette didn't have to be a wrestler. That's number one. Number two, it was also at a time where we needed people talking about us. So now I'm saying, well, shit, this could be a hell of a publicity stunt, you know? If people, if David Arquette can get us some press, blah, 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 blah. So now the part you don't hear is, now the committee uh, of about 10 or 15 people gather again. So now I throw out this idea that Shivani gave me. Oh, shit, 15 people think it's a great idea. Everybody in that room thinks it's a great idea. Not one person in that room said, Vince, what are you, out of your mind? Hey, oh, great idea, great idea. Okay, so we go out and do it. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode 224. And Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. We are reviewing the Prime, baby. Good uh, WCW. Good WCW. Now, just want to remind you guys, on our Facebook group, we have an ongoing announcement post where you can put in specific episode review requests. And we're going to do our very best to chip away at that list as time goes on. 
Mm-hmm. And this one comes by way of Mike Prue, a great ah. friend of the show, big supporter. He also has the Bottom Line cast. You can check that out. The Courier Stone Cold Steve Austin. But check it out, baby. Check it out. Mike Prue wanted us to review Quinn WCW Prime uh, from April 3rd, 95. And I want to refresh anyone that might be listening for the first time or <sighs> has never heard us talk about pro- what the hell is WCW you're Prime. About, you're about to hear some glowing praise here. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a show I did not know existed until we did OVP. Right. I had never heard of WCW Prime. Oh. We didn't get that show growing up. Did we not? No. It was I on feel the like Prime I saw it once or Maybe something. Maybe you did. Yeah. Uh, my cable company did not get the Prime Sports Network. <laughs> but what this was, this was essentially, in like aesthetic and in practice, it was like WCW Pro, yeah. kind of, in terms of the matches were older and taped and nothing mattered. And it was hosted, you know, in front of a green screen, blah, blah, blah. Except the defining characteristic of WCW Prime, which ran, by the way, from February of 95 until October of 96, is Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> it's the Dusty Rhodes hour. Like, it, is. It, it is. It is all his show. Yep. It is ridiculous. Yep. It's, it's the self-importance of it is amazing. Yes. It, it's, but it's not in like an annoying way. It's like in a... It's so charming because everyone knows it's nothing. It's literally nothing. The matches don't matter, much like pro, right? <laughs> yeah. Nothing really matters here. But Dusty treats it as if this prime, this is its own canon, practically. He talks like he gets like phone calls about how good the show is. Like yeah. Every week he talks about this. He's, People across the country are writing to Dusty <laughs> Rhodes about how good prime is. It's the best show yada 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 and obviously no one ever thought that or said that most people didn't even get it and most people didn't even see it yeah and uh dusty Rhodes, whether he's he has a variety of co-hosts throughout the years as mike today's on there uh chris cruz yeah tony shivani a bunch of people no matter who he's with he's tremendous oh yeah he and you can fun. tell whoever's with him really is like enjoying themselves like he just makes it just such a great environment yep with that said quinn Let's do it. WCW Prime, April 3rd, 1995. And we're back to the Prime, the greatest B show in the history of wrestling. <laughs> yes, I said wrestling, not WCW. History of wrestling. This it, is the greatest B show ever. It is a lot of fun. And we're greeted this time around by Tony Schiavone here with Dusty Rhodes. Yep, from the Prime hallway, the big technology, <laughs> whatever that is. Some kind of, of like they're making a factory. <laughs> they're making fake wrestlers. or I don't know what they're doing back there, but. Love it. Welcome, everyone, to WCW Prime, along with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. I'm Jody Shivani. We always have a great time here on Prime. We have a great program. We talk about how uh, Nick Bockwinkle recently stripped Vader of the U.S. title, but Dusty thinks uh, maybe Steve Austin is in line for it now, and I just kind of mentioned two things. Nick Bockwinkle is still there, <laughs> which you don't hear much about beyond this point, and Steve Austin is still there oh, as really? well. April yeah, 95. Amazing. I know. That's Way too late for him. It's very late for him. Uh, Dusty moves, and then we go to the ring. We'll take a look at a lot of great action on the prime. As we go to the ring. And the wonderful music of Das Wunderkind hits, and Alex Wright happily comes out, you know, with his dancing and everything. Mm -hmm. Dusty hypes up the prime a bit, and how everybody loves everybody. We got all the matches. Everyone loves it, baby. Well, Tony, we hit set. Prime is going to bring it all to you. All the matches. The young kids, they love us. a lot of our wrestlers. Old-timers love some of our wrestlers. Everybody loves everybody. Immediately. Immediately, like, this is the greatest show to ever exist. We got all the matches. It's real. <laughs> so Alex Wright's opponent in the ring is Romeo Casanova. In a fucking suit. Like, he looks like a dork. Like, it's so bad. It's so good. Uh, and Dusty's like, Romo, Romo, where art thou, Romo? Yep. 
Romo, Romo with the up down, Romo. This Romo. starts the whole match with him making Romeo and Juliet like yeah. quotes, but it's like all wrong. And he just says Romo. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it already to be doing this. Thanks, yep. Prue. So Dusty now launches into some Pinocchio analogy. <laughs> and Tony Schiavone flat out says that Romo here is going to be kissing the mat soon. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be kissing the mat pretty soon. Pure honesty from Tony no fucking around. This was, in I never heard Tony, Tony of all people, yeah. like being like, oh, he's going to fucking lose, yeah. basically. Like, what yeah. a loser. Oh, like, fuck you know, him. He doesn't have yeah, a chance. Yeah, their dream. It was so random. It's like, great. it was so abrupt and, like, not Tony Schiavone like. He'll be kissing the mat soon. You yep. know, like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nick Patrick and a very bushy mustache are going to be a referee here. Side head up by Romo. Push off. Shoulder block by Romo. Drop down. Leapfrog by right. Followed by a hip toss. The uh, strapped in crowd here, by the way. Very <laughs> muted. They don't care about any of this. And it that's doesn't fine. Matter. It's, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Now Dusty has some ridiculous line. Romeo saying, Romeo, Juliet. Well, for all down, Juliet. I'm down here in the bushes because I got drop kicked by the Wonder Kid. So stupid. I love it. Yeah. Armbar on the mat uh, into a pin by right. And Tony's all like, look, see, he's kissing the mat. Like, <laughs> yeah. this really had. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, Tony doesn't like this guy. No, and they just don't care. They don't care. And, and, yeah. and this is notable. For, we're not. It's not just this show. Literally mm -hmm. every episode, the commentary is very loosey-goosey. That's its greatest strength. That's like yeah. what's known about it. So yeah. if you've never seen it, you need to check out some Prime. Yep. Uh, Alex Wright, by the way, looks like Gunlock from Saturday Night Slam Masters. <laughs> what, a, what a weird <laughs> reference. Thank you. Cartwheel escape out of a wrist lock by right into a hip toss. Pin for two. Back to the armbar. Irish whip by right. Back elbow. Nicely done. Big European uppercut by right. Of course, where he's from, it's just called an uppercut. Yeah, it's the regular kind for him. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. Actually, never mind. Quit your day job. And then sit home all day thinking about how truly horrible you are. Uh, Romo with a body slam now into an elbow for a one count. Why so much offense by Romeo <laughs> over here? Very bold, isn't he? Where art thou? <laughs> right fires back with a rights. Uh, Irish whip by right. Toss <laughs> in a body slam. He heads all the way upstairs and lands a doofy axe handle for one. So much one. <laughs> a lot of one. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of one counts in this match. What yeah, is that? I don't. It's back and forth with the ones. Even Romeo's getting ones. Is that like a Nick Patrick thing? Like, because he takes too long, so they kick out sooner? I think they're trying to say, like, they're not doing, like, enough powerful offense. Well, Romo's sure, yeah. certainly not. Yeah. He stinks. They're just doing, like, weird punches and stuff. It's like, and going for pins out of it for some reason. <laughs> for no reason, yeah. yeah. Back up uh, quickly. Reverse crossbody off the ropes by Alex Wright gets the win. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm nice with that. and quick. Yep. So we get some dancing as Dusty now talks about how he was in a blues club. <laughs> this is, what, what was this story? Like, what even was this? He was in a blues club with John Goodman and Roseanne came in and told him that he was a good dancer. This is all real. And why John Goodman of all people? And why is he pretending like John Goodman and Roseanne are really married? Yeah, yeah right. Did well, he mean the other the, Tom Arnold? The Tom Arnold. That, that seems like something Dusty would do. Yeah, you know, I was a, I was, I've always been a real good dancer. Me and John Goodman, we were out in L.A. at the Blues Club the other night, and we were together, and, and we wasn't dancing together. We were dancing with some other people, Roseanne, some other people there with us. And, and, I, and I, I was noted, Roseanne told me, said, you're a great dancer, you know? I like it better being John Goodman, though. Right, that, that like, Dan and Roseanne were, like, hanging <laughs> yeah. out at a club dancing with Dusty. And this all sounds like it's plausible to me. Oh, definitely. Uh, we get a replay now. As we're informed that this edition of WCW Prime is brought to us by Just For Men Gel. Because why not? Why not? Yeah. Back to the Prime, where Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes music hits, you know, because he's natural also, just yeah. like Just For Men. But that's why they did that, that's right? really that, why that's they did that. they checked in who's wrestling. Well, I'm we serious. They got to go with the brand. That's what they did. Yeah. Uh, also, Dustin 
still here, but he's not really. He was fired right after Uncensored in March. Mm. This is airing in April. Dustin's gone. Pre-record, not the match, but the, the commentary must have been recorded afterwards because they don't really care about Dustin Rhodes. No, I noticed they, on don't, they don't really hype him up too much. Yeah, they know he's gone. I'm sure. Yeah. Dustin kisses a baby on the way down. That's real. Now his opponent is James Earl Wright. Yeah, from State Patrol. Ugh. Yuck. It looks like a mall cop. Like, who even is this, Quinn? This is the this is the tag partner of Buddy Lee Parker. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so minor. Like, <laughs> it is, who is this loser? I. You know what? I barely have a recollection of him. I just remember him I, as the guy that stood next to Buddy Lee Parker thinking they were cops. What an honor yeah. to, to be Buddy Lee Parker's tag partner. And then you put that guy in a singles match Ugh. and then it's extra nothing. <laughs> More like James Earl wrong. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Anyway, lockup back in the corner by Dustin. Clean break. Randy Anderson will be the referee again as the announcers talk about how Dustin's going to get a title shot soon. Yeah, in the WWF <laughs> maybe. Yeah, intercontinental title <laughs> shot. <laughs> Dusty mentions how James Earl could get a title shot too and it'd be big pay window time. Big James pun- Earl. James yeah, Earl. Okay, him. Yeah, him. Big punch by Dustin. Dusty now talks about how everyone writes the letters into the prime. Always. He always says this. And then he moves again. I love him. I love, I love how much he cares about this show. Also, they really want us to buy Sting and Hogan merch. Uh, okay. Tony Schiavone says, uh, WCW is red hot, which Dusty responds, Hot as two dingleberries in a hot Texas sun. What the fuck? Two dingleberries. This <laughs> is so random. In the sun. Anyway, leg drop by Dustin, who is wearing yellow trunks and red boots for the record, yeah. like Hulk Hogan over I want, here. I want to say this. When he said the two dingleberries thing, two dingleberries. I'm pretty sure Tony uh, had to go off mic and laugh. Yes, that happens but, a lot. Yeah, that. but this one was very overt because then Dusty just only started talking for a minute yeah, about there's like, more. nothing. There's more of that. Yeah. Trust me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it happens a lot where it's, yeah, Tony yeah. just stops talking because you know he's was, laughing. I think was, this is the point where he got Tony going. I think so, like, You know yes. what I mean? The dingleberries. Yeah, the dingleberries started it. I also need to mention, I forgot that the ring announcer has been Gary Michael Capetta this whole time. Very important announcement. <laughs> very very yeah. prestigious. Yeah. Uh, Dusty talks about how he has some, I have some prime cuts out there, whatever that even means. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't care. It's just wonderful. Yeah, my prime yeah. cut. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> it's a steak or I don't know. I don't know. Or does he mean the fans are prime cuts? It's Who what it sounded he like. Just, he just dropped it. Like he uh, just put that in there. <laughs> Armbar on the mat by Dustin now. And Dustin, got him in <laughs> like he, he just kept going. Uh, you know, win match. You got maintain. Got to maintain. <laughs> yeah, maintain. That's right. Maintain, Tony. He got to maintain this situation. Hammerlock now is Dusty talks about how when they're done, they're all going to Willie Nelson's house after this. What is he even <laughs> saying anymore? What is it like? He just starts babbling like the whole match. I love it. That's why I like about yeah. the show. The crowd. Once again, doesn't care at all, but that doesn't matter. Well, there's nothing really happening. <laughs> they can't hear. If they could hear Dusty and Tony, they'd all be like laughing like right. a laugh track back here. <laughs> and I like the way that Dusty and Tony at some point in this, I forget where, they act like they're really there. Like, we're up in the booth or something like yeah, that. It's, it's very funny. Of course they do. Uh, Dustin with the lock upside headlock and he grinds it in. Earl with a few punches. This is a long match, by the way, for what it is. It, it, the thing is, it's, it didn't feel long because Dusty and Tony are just going on and on and they're amazing. Yeah, it. you're right. Uh, Irish whip shoulder block by Dustin gets a one count. Mm-hmm. Arm drag by Dustin into a wrist lock. Back up punches by Earl. Some corner choking. Earl with a very crummy German suplex for one. Who does he think he is? It's like a botched yeah. German suplex. Horrible. Couldn't even like lift him. No wonder got a one count. Yeah. Dumpy. <laughs> Front face lock now, but Dustin's up with a punch and then an atomic elbow or a bionic elbow, I guess, right? Off the ropes, big flying lariat gets two. 
Earl with an eye poke. Ooh. Shoulder block <laughs> off the ropes again. Drop down by Dustin. Awful hip toss reversal sequence sends Dustin into the ropes. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then Dustin sneaks in a shitty bulldog for the win. Neat. Neat. Back to the announcers now who talk about the black top bully. Now he's generally an asshole. They really want to let you know that he's oh, an asshole. Psh, you better believe it, Quinn. We now get closed circuit television footage. Uh, this is real. This is so weird. I know. I've never seen this. Yeah. Maybe it aired and I just never caught it, but I was only in the prime. Maybe only Exclusive on the prime. prime footage here. <laughs> Colonel Parker is at a jail bailing out Blacktop Bully. And Ming is just proudly just on the side, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Never mentioned. There, never mentioned. <laughs> it's just there. And uh, the date on the uh, camera says November 28th, 94. I think this is his debut vignette, but they're just showing it to us now. Well, you got to tell the prime audience about things. True. I mean, it's it, weird, but you got to do it. They might not yeah. know. Uh, so $75,000 is the bail, we're told, the sergeant that says, like right? a lot for, like, probably getting into a fight at Denny's or something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because they didn't say what he did, but it's implied that it's like he's just a jerk or whatever. Yeah, he's just like, a jerk. He's not, like, know, a real criminal. Yeah, but you know? 75000 it seems like a high amount for most likely just a drunken, like, brawl in a parking lot of a Denny's. Well, let's put this to the test. If yeah. any of you fans out there have ever been carted off shirtless after a brawl at Denny's or IHOP or any after-hours eating establishment and been arrested for it, let us know what the bail was sent at. I'm guessing somewhere between 500 and a 1000 bucks. Maybe $2,000 tops. Maybe. Yeah. But if I it was, think, like, really bad. Yeah. Like, you took a swing at the cop also. Well, you can't do that. Yeah, they don't, they, yeah. They don't like that, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. Anyway, the colonel starts pulling out money. He's like, ah, $2,500. And then he's like, I got $4,000 in my money clip. And then he gets $1,000 from Ming, which is funny. Because <laughs> there's pocket change here. <laughs> I think you'll find $2,500 right here. And I have another $2,500 I love the, the ongoing Colonel Parker's actually poor yes. angle that they like. They played that out for like three years. Yes, they did. It's amazing. The wedding thing yeah. and all that. Uh, and then he's like, here you go, $7,500. And the sergeant's like, no, it's 75000 And Parker gets all upset. And he's like, well, what did the bully even do? Fair yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this fair. Is a, that is an incredibly high bail. Yeah. Like, and then we don't, we're not told. The sergeant's just like, blah, 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 and there's cursing that's bleeped out. Yeah. And the audio is such shit. Like, what is, I couldn't tell what they were even saying most of the time. I don't know. I think this was legitimately recorded with a VHS camera, which is a nice touch. It really is. It probably just went to whatever the local police station In was. In Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. They probably were like, can we like film this and just like pretend that this is real? Yeah. Quickly. They asked like a cop or two. Yeah. That's probably all they had to do. probably all done in within like 20 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't look like this took long, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so Parker wants to at least find the bully in the cell and talk to him. And he insists he has this $75,000, but not on his person, as he says. So we then throw to another camera, which is pointed at the jail cell where Parker's voice is heard off screen. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. He explains that he really wants to bail the bully out. And we hear the bully asking, what are you talking about? Who are you? You know? Yeah. get more bleeped cursing we switch cameras again to the sergeant like hauling parker out of there that was all very weird very weird and again i don't know why they're showing us that because the the prime baby (laughs) we get we get all the all the information over here yeah we do i guess go back to the announcers who send us to commercial come back to ringside where the bully comes out with colonel parker by the way i love barry darso yeah he rules he's the best He's very good at this point in time he's always he just like puts his all in everything it's way too much for like shitty gimmicks i know it's incredible one darso 
regular Barry Darso, like Repo it's Man, Repo even, Man. Yeah, you know, just anything that's dumpy, you can hand it to him. Blacktop Bully, like in AWF or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, that's real too. Yeah. Oh God! So he yells at the crowd for no real reason on his way down. His gimmick is he's rude. Like that's literally all it is. <laughs> that is though. That's all it is. You're yeah. right. He's rude. Yeah. His opponent is the very unremarkable Kenny Kendall. Okay. <laughs> he has like 99 Billy Gun hair, but not in an ironic way. He's just typical guy they found at Gold's gym that looked like decent. You know what I mean? Like, but like, you know, obviously can't <gasps> wrestle. Did he ever become? I know I've heard his name before. I'm pretty he- sure he was just one of those jobbers that was for around just forever. Like I think in, you're right. In the late nineties, like wasn't probably anything, like from right? ninety five to like ninety nine somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, like on he's probably like jobbing a luger when he was like the fitness man with Miss Elizabeth, like <laughs> like on fucking worldwide, like then in worldwide in ninety nine. Yeah, that's yeah. A, you know what? Fair. That's, that's a fair that's theory. The kind of wrestler we're talking about here. <laughs> Folks, let us know what you know about Kenny Kendall. But anyway, the bully's finisher for the record is called the Breaker One Nine. Is it, was he a truck driver? Also, that's what it is, right? Yeah, I think so. so. He's a truck driver. That's mad. Yeah, he's a really angry truck driver. So, like Diesel. Traveling on the highways and byways of uh, Georgia. So also the byways? Yeah, yeah. Both. It's rare that I've ever been on a byway. Yeah. I think I've been on a highway he, plenty of times. He's got you covered. Hey, it's a big country, Joe. There's probably more byways than you think. There's probably a lot of hidden byways. We don't get a lot of byways in New Jersey. No. We but have maybe, skyways. Maybe, maybe around the country, other areas like, you know, Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe. They, they have they, byways. They, they got some byways over there. We have uh, Pulaski Skyway. Right. We have parkways. Yeah. We, Pike. we got all these ways, but we don't have the byways. No byways. Anyway, Kendall is we all... bypasses. <laughs> we those, bypasses. Those, ca- those count as byways? No, it's a different way. Okay. I think. Mm. Mm. Kendall is all like, hi, to the crowd <laughs> trying so to get their jobbery. support. So jobbery. The bully looks like a fat, casual Mountie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks like a Mountie. Yes, he does. He, does, he looks like... I, th- I just think he's like mean Mountie. I mean, well, not that the Mountie was ever nice to Yeah, but he's, he's a little more goofy. I don't consider him mean. I think he's like just a, an idiot. You know what's great is that those two... When they would interact sometimes in WWF, it's great. The Mountie and uh, Repo Man. Okay, can you imagine if the Quebecers were the Blacktop Bully and the Mountie? It would have been good. It probably actually, uh, I love Pierre Ouellette because he's a great wrestler. But could you imagine? personality-wise. Barry Darso trying to pretend he's French. (laughs) Oh my God. It would be amazing. The personality would have been great. Yeah. Uh, That would have been a great tag team, That would have been a really fun tag team. Jacques Rougeau and Barry Darso. Oh, my God. That's a dream team. They would have been out of control. Ah! Like the two of them? Both of them, yeah. Oh, my God. Like Jimmy Hart managing for fun. Please. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. You're on to something with that. Yeah. Anyway, Nick Patrick's going to be the referee here. Cradle pin by Bully gets a zero count, not even a one this time. Mm -hmm. He hammers away and then tells Patrick, hey, you get the heck out of my face. I love him. Hey, you get the heck out of my face. Heck. Heck. Yeah. He's slightly rude. Yeah, he's sli- he's rude in the WCW 1995 sense. Yeah. That no, no cursing. Right, kick your butt. Yeah, it's Things all like that, that stuff. <laughs> Patrick yells right back at him because he's also kind of rude. Big rights by Bully in the corner. As Colonel Parker's all proud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside. Irish whip by Bully head down and the kick by Kenny Kendall. Kudos for the cool, cunning, crafty kick, Kenny. No, just no. Big rights by Kenny Corner. Whip charge misses. Bully hammers away. He tosses Kendall out of the ring. <laughs> Colonel Parker happily stomps on him and casually leaves and wipes himself off with his hanky. It's all just for fun. Yeah, it's just, just like, like eh. no one's going to do anything about it. <laughs> so Bully drags Kenny back in. Irish whip. Big backdrop. And the Breaker 1-9 wrist lock sleeper thing gets the win. It's absurd. I know. That move is nothing, by it's the way. Nothing. It's like he literally like grabs his arm and just goes. 
Ah, and then like, it's over. Yeah, I think the finisher is him yelling, actually. Yeah. It's not, like, it's literally like a hammer lock or something. <laughs> not like, even, it's, it's not, like not even that. Yeah, it's just nothing. It's like a stretch you do in gym class in fourth grade. It's nothing. Yeah. I think it is just him yelling is why you give up. Yeah. Going, exactly. Can you get the fuck out of my ear? All right, mm-hmm. I give up. Fine. Can we there end this? Go. Breaker 1-9. Anyway, good. We go to break. And we come back where, holy shit, Quinn Harlem Heat, mm-hmm. the WCW Tag the, Champions. There we go. This is this is a prime thing. And they're with Sister Sherry. The rare Sherry on prime. Even Dusty notes it. Yes. Like, Sherry's not on prime. <laughs> like, it's like, it's all, she's not on prime very much. No, I don't think we've ever seen her on prime. She's, she's amazing. Oh, I love this her. This is the, the Harlem Heat Sherry is almost so much fun. I love, yeah. I love this version of Sherry. And everyone on the screen right now is tremendous. I know. Harlem Heat has like hoodies on yeah. for some fucking reason. Yeah. Like, I, I, they're all like badass. Oh my God. They're so yeah. bad. They're yelling at the nasty boys because of course they're always feuding with the nasties yeah. in 95 they're, through the camera. They're really at their height here as a tag team. I really like Harlem Heat during 95 because they're, they're not being like playing second fiddle to anyone. They're just like kind of these badasses and they're hard to beat. They're and great. They always do the thing. I always love that Harlem Heat does the thing where they talk to the camera. Like no, none it. of the other people do that. They're like, so cool. Harlem yeah, Heat. That they're, they're very cool. That they're, they're technically heels, but they're always tweeners. You know they're, what I mean? Until later when they yeah, turn face. They're weirdly like they're, they're in this weird. They've, they always were. I felt where like, like you said, they're tweeners. Like it's, but they're, they're technically heels, they're technically but, heels, but people, they have like a certain aura and respect because they're yeah. kind of badass. They're badass. That's what yeah. they're just an awesome, impressive team. They when they like when they knock people down, especially when Stevie Ray does. I always thought Stevie Ray came off as like this stupid, stupidly strong person. Yes, he's like, a great he's, big man. Like incredibly strong. Like and then Booker T would fly in and like do all this high flying, yeah. zippy zippity do, like, yeah, zippity do, and like just jumping all over the place. Yeah. And like it was just such a perfect combination they're a great team yeah. one of my favorite tag teams of all time yes is a wcw team and i'm yeah. not afraid to admit that you know yeah harlem heat is just really good and their fucking music is the best yeah so it's true all around all good anyway their opponents are mark <laughs> mark thorne and kip ab horrible they're like two pasty fat jobbers like it's exactly what you think it is they look like they own a van lettering service <laughs> or something <laughs> like that anyway the nasties and sherry are dressed up in purple for the record Meanwhile, somebody has signs with like an ugly witch and it says Sister Sherry. I'm like, come on. Not nice. First of all, she doesn't even like wear the wacky makeup anymore. Like no, she, that was that, that she never did that. She just looks like she's Sister Sherry. She's not, she's <laughs> not scary her. Sherry anymore. Yeah, she like, looks like Sherry Martell. Yeah. She's literally. just a badass. Yeah. She doesn't wear the weird makeup. That's yeah. only when she's sensuous Sherry or whatever yeah, the hell. It's, it's real. It's real. No more makeup. No. It's just the regular makeup. She's just Sherry. Like a, a lady makeup. Yeah, it's you great. Know, standard makeup. Standard makeup. Yeah. Yeah, that's the term for it. Yeah. Sherry gets her men set here and Booker starts with whoever the hell it is. He's got a gut. I don't know. And Booker lands a knee to it. It's Mark <laughs> Thorne, I guess we're told. Not that it matters. That, that, it, it's fat guys or whatever they are. Like, <laughs> that's all they are. <laughs> Booker just beats the fuck out of him though. Irish whip and a spinning back fist. It gets to Booker gets up, tags on Stevie, who lands a very happy sidekick and some yeah. stomps. And Dusty references the Fiesta Artery. Like, <laughs> okay. Making up shit. It doesn't matter. It's his show, Joe. Right across that Fiesta Artery back there, brother. That what? Fiesta Artery. That's okay. a gun solely out all the time. And I've kind of made it a rosism. <laughs> uh, Kip AB tags in and immediately gets clothesline. Yeah, and Dusty, I can't believe this tag. Yeah, like, randomly. He's like, why did he tag? Yeah, why did he do that? Why did they let them do that? <laughs> like, he's so upset about it. Uh, Irish up again. Booker's in now with a scissor kick. I love it when he does that. Some more stomps. And the heat bomb. 
gets the win. The heat bomb? The heat bomb. Which, yeah, I don't uh, remember this much. It's rare, I guess, or maybe uh, it was only this period of time. Only it's, onto Prime, maybe. Only onto Prime. <laughs> yeah. Stevie does a power bomb, and then Booker jumps off the top with a leg drop. It's right. fantastic. It's pretty devastating, but I just, they don't really do that a lot. No, I don't remember it too usually often. Usually Harlem Heat, it's, it's usually like, it's just through pure attrition that they win a match. Like, pure just beating the fuck out of you, and then like, one of them t- pins you. That's usually how it ends. Like, yes. Harlem sidekick, or just Stevie beats the other shit out of the guy and just pins him. <laughs> It's like one or the other. I love them. Yeah. A great team. Booker yells at the nasties again and says it's on like neck bone. Because it's on like neck bone. All right. So there right. you have it. Okay. Sherry then yells at the camera and Dusty heckles her. And I guess, you know, I understand they did feud in 1990. Oh, right. He doesn't yeah. like oh, her. He remembers Sister Queen. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. He's, he's not cool yeah. with her. And then Dusty's like, my mama just fell off her sofa. Funny. Anyway, time for our next match where a very grumpy, beautiful Bobby Eaton storms out. Looking all dirty. <laughs> like extra dirty. Yep. Because you know what they're building up to. They're That's building why up, he's like all cruddy. Yeah, they're building up to him in Regal, which yeah. will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll actually get to that. But I also need to mention to mention here the announcer's volume is very high compared to the crowd noise, and that's not a bad thing. No, no it's it, great. You don't need to know what's going on in this show, <laughs> right. wrestling wise. Now, unfortunately, beautiful Bobby's opponent here is the Patriot. Fucking Del Wilkes. He stinks. Why is he still here? I guess. <laughs> like, seriously, why is he here? I guess he's still on that team with Marcus Bagwell. Does he huh? need to go do nothing in WWF or whatever? Or Japan first, maybe? Oh, right. He goes over there first. I know people like him because he took steroids or whatever, but I mean. That's nice. Because <laughs> he has a good look. But I don't. I've never connected to him. And I saw him in WCW all the time. I was just like, okay. Yeah, I always associate him with like when Brett started doing nothing. That, yeah, like, that's, unfortunately. That's really what, what I. You know, Patriot, I don't like you, or whatever that was, and you it was know, like the worst feud ever. You know, you, you think you're so good with your patriotism. Uh, I'll tell you that it's, it's just like feels you know, so like dry. You know, we have health care. Yeah. Like all that shit, like that that really, whole angle. It really took a dive when yeah. he came in and feuded with Brett, didn't it? It just was poopy. When we're, when we're feuding over like government policies of our nation, that was like the Bret Hart and Del Wilkes feud. Would play well today, wouldn't yeah. it, Quinn? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it was like two decades too early. There you go. That's yeah. a problem with it. Anyway, lock up in a wrist lock by Bobby as Dusty talks about how this is a prime cut matchup. It isn't. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You're right. He then calls Bobby Eaton Bobby Heenan, I think by mistake, <laughs> but it's fine. It's, it's, it's Dusty. It's okay. It doesn't matter. We get some wrist lockery, uh, which is uh, reversed by Patriot, shoulder lock by Patriot, body slam, lock up again, wrist lock by Patriot. Into an arm bar, Dusty theorizes that maybe the Patriot wears a mask because he's in the CIA, or maybe he did something with the Watergate. And then Tony's like, he would have been two years old during Watergate. This whole Watergate discussion was fucking incredible. Yes. This is, this is, prime, this is a prime cut right yeah, here. Yeah, because he starts making Tony laugh for real. Yeah, and Dusty, I'm just trying to relate with Washington. Like, and it's like, what? It's great. I love this I so love much. It. It's so good. It is. Watergate? Watergate, yeah. Well, he'd have been a- about two years old at Watergate. Yeah, probably. I know it. No, he's a, I don't mean that like facetiously. Uh, you know, <laughs> the roadism come out like that all the time. But I'm trying to relate for the people who know Washington. They relate to Watergate and Reagan and Nixon and all them people. <laughs> Big clothesline off the ropes by Patriot. A hammerlock on the mat now by Patriot into a cover for two. It sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thumb to the eye hole, according to Tony. And yeah. Dusty's like, to the eye hole. Thumb right to the eye. Left eye. Would eye. Remember that joke? Prime. Yeah, the fucking this line, like, would I remember that joke? Prime was just fucking incredible. And Tony, this is another. Tony has to stop. Clearly has to see. He just disappears off the fucking mic and yep. just starts laughing. And Dusty just trying to like call the match to cover. It's great. It, 
Thumb, thumb to the eye hole. Right yeah, to the eye hole. Yeah, that old eye hole. Oh, one eye. Got him right thumb right in the eye. Left eye. One eye. Would I? Remember that joke? Would yeah. I? Would I? Hair lip, hair lip. Yeah, man. Prime. And they don't even edit it out. It's amazing. They don't even try. Yeah. We get a go with him by Pedro. Dusty actually mentions, like, Tony's taking a break because he's subconscious at this thing. What? Subconscious. Yeah, not, I, <laughs> Dusty is just on a roll here right he's now. He's ridiculous. Uh, nice side slam by Pedro. He gets one, one. Another one kill. What is this show with the it, one it count? Nothing, we're just listening to Dusty and You're Tony. Right, That's, sorry. It does, just don't interrupt it with wrestling. There could just be an audio version of this. Yeah. It'd be okay. Yeah. Uh, back to the armbar for the Patriot. Meanwhile, Dusty says his mom loves Tony. <laughs> That's cute. Like, just goes into this thing. Tony. My, my mom loves Tony Schiavone. <laughs> just that Tony, that sweet boy Tony. Uh, she loves him. This is real. This yeah, all happens. This is all, this is all a real thing. Bobby gets up, select fest ensues. Pedro with an Irish whip, which is reversed by Bobby into a backbreaker. Elbow drop by Bobby. Big rights, left's in the corner. Kick to the Bible belt. Snapmare by Bobby gets two. We get a chin lock now by beautiful Bobby. Thank goodness for this commentary. Yeah. This match is nothing. No, I know. Uh, Patriot wiggles out of the chin lock off the ropes. Nice clothesline by Bobby Eaton. Patriot rolls to the outside. Bobby is there to punch him a lot. Patriot then rams Bobby into the post, tosses him back in. Both men in now off the ropes. Bobby with a backbreaker, but Patriot somehow rolls through for the win. This was a nice ending. Yeah. I was legitimately like, wow. And that was not like bad considering how the match was. Yeah, like, the, the end ending was, was like excellent. Yeah, it was, was a good like, finish. It was like, this should have been the prime match right here with that ending. Great finish. Yeah. Really good Some finish. Some good wrestling there. Yeah. Bobby Eaton's great. I yeah. love Bobby Eaton. I think Del Wicks is one of those guys. If there's a good wrestler with him, he can. He'll he's do fine. It. He's, he's fine. Yeah, he's never, acceptable. Never he's just. I don't like the him. gimmick. He's yeah. very generic. It was very generic. Like a GI Joe or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, you but, know, like the generic, like not the good one, not like like any of the like extra ones yeah. in like the '80s that could do all this weird shit. He's just like the standard GI Joe. Yes, yes. He would have played much better in like 1985 WWF '86. You know what? What he would have been good for? What was that guy? Um. The guy that fought Nikolai Volkov at WrestleMania Corporal 2. Kirshner. Yeah, I can't even remember. That, if he played him, he yep. would have been much better yep. at it. Absolutely. Yep. That would have worked. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to Tony and Dusty, who mentioned that Lord Steven Regal has finally found a man that he wants as a tag team partner. And he's taking him to London. And it is, of course, none other than Bobby Eaton. So, mm -hmm. Dusty is funny. He's like, I can't wait to see Bobby in London. Are they going to see the Loch Ness Monster? At that point, <laughs> just on the first one, Tony literally, like, tr almost running off the camera to laugh. Well, I cannot wait to see Bobby Eaton in London. Is it going to see the Loch Ness Monster? Is it going to see the London Tower Pizza? Why is he going to London? Would have been fun to do the show with Dusty, mm -hmm. wouldn't it? Seems yeah. like a really nice oh, day. Oh, I would have. If this was my day job, I yep. would have just. I wish that my job was only the prime. Yeah. Like that's once a week I go there and I fuck around with Dusty and they pay me thousands of dollars to do it. Then Chris Cruz got to that point at some point, didn't he? It seems like a great gig. <laughs> I know. Like it seems like if that's all you do, just the prime and just these shit segments in between, like the, the whole show is like for like probably to make it is like 15 minutes. Probably. And then they just edit these shit matches in. It's great. I, I think this is, this is a money making scheme right I, here. I that would do work. it. Quinn. Yeah, totally. Anyway, Dusty says that Lord Regal knows that Bobby can get it done in the ring, but he wants to bring him back to prime. <laughs> we cut to a William Regal here looking 50 somehow, yeah. pacing around in front of a building outside somewhere. And Bobby suddenly runs over to him in a very grungy gray suit. All dumpy with the white socks. Yeah, the white socks. Regal has Aww. a big issue with the white socks. Yes. See, obviously, folks, for those of you that might not have picked up on the subtle nuances of this, 
Lord Stephen Regal is, you know, a very sophisticated British elegant man. Yeah. yeah. And Bobby Eaton's from Alabama and, 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 you know, and all this stuff. Exactly. Like he, he's a redneck. He doesn't have manners no, and all this. Like, he yeah. doesn't know what fancy things are. Yeah. Humor. But it is funny. That's the whole point. And Regal is funny. He's like, you look like a reject from Saturday Night Fever. There's people I know here. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> Regal's great. He's so good in yeah. this. And he literally looks the same as he does now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, Regal doesn't age. I know. So it's all these Coca-Colas instead of the beer. After oh. after he converted to the soda, it, he did great. Yeah, it, it, he just retained everything. I love that that one uh, Raw where he's proudly holding up the Coke. Yeah, when everyone's like celebrating for some reason. I think it was the Raw 15th anniversary yeah. or something, right? Regal Coke edition. But I love that he's just proudly I mean, holding like, the Coke. Triple H have like a cheers with the Coke. Do they? Yeah, I Is think it that's. H? I think it's yeah. I think it's Triple H and Regal like just in the ring hold their drinks up together. Oh, or something. that's nice. Yeah, it's something like that. Good. So anyway, they head inside of this restaurant where Regal suddenly has glasses on. Like, no, <laughs> okay. And uh, he tells Bobby how this is a very fine dining establishment. Mm -hmm. They get to the table where Regal tells Robert over here that he's ordered for them ahead of time. He's like, hey, do you like beef? And Bobby's like, well, sure, you know, cheeseburgers, french fries. And then he's all confused about wine. <laughs> yeah, <for some> <laughs> all, the waiter's like, you want wine? He's like, huh, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> what is that? He asked for beer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beer. And then he happily puts the napkin on as a bib, you know, Aww, tucks it on. It's so sad. And then he blows his nose in it. And then Regal, hilarious facial expression as we cut back to the dream in Shivani. This that is was, only part one, Jeff. This is only part one. This is, this is part one. There's, it's a big saga here. This is really good stuff, Quinn. Yeah, it's These funny. segments. Mm -hmm. Dusty's very concerned about Bobby becoming nobility. Don't but spoil it. I know. Dusty. But guess what? We're ready, Quinn. That's why we watch the show, obviously. We, this is it. This is the Prime Cut Match of the Week. Moo! <laughs> I love this show so yep. much, Quinn. And now fucking the glorious WCW guitar music hits for Tim Horner, which I'm pretty sure is the Armstrong's theme. Yeah, and it's, Brad, not just, maybe. it's not just, I'm pretty sure all the Armstrong use this theme. I want to just say that. <laughs> Probably. And there's like other people that just, this is one of those themes that when they don't have a theme, they just drop in. Yeah, it's kind of like crank it up in the WWF. You yeah. know, they just use it. Yeah. And seriously, why is Tim Horner here? He's like 48. <laughs> is he really worthy of the prime cut match? Like 48. <laughs> I'm, he's just very old looking. Well, he does. He does make his way out looking stupid, kind of. Looking like shit. Why is this the prime cut? Like, Tim honestly, Warner. the Patriot uh, versus the other guy was that way been better. Fine. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, that was fine. I don't mind Tim Warner. This is just not his prime, yeah, if yeah. you will. This is not. This is definitely not a prime cut. <laughs> Much better in the 80s. Anyway, yeah. um, Randy Anderson is going to be the referee, as Horner's opponent is from Hollywood, California. That's right. It's stunning Steve Austin. The still awesome Hollywood blondes. Yeah. Thing. I always like that he kept it. Oh, yeah. No, it's cool. That music. It's rare, actually, that we get treated to 95 Steve Austin in WCW because he's is. not there that long. Like, he's there until June, nice maybe. Nice flowing locks. Yeah, I don't like it. His hair's crappy. It's like all balding and weird. It's not it. good. It's when he has the short hair where it's like combed. The comb over? Yeah, that hair's really good. Oh, that one's the, good. The, the really slick-looking Steve Austin hair. I also like the buzz cut in, w, in ECW, the brief buzz cut that, that he has. Oh, yeah, he does look kind of crazy. He looks he cool that, with that. Yeah. Anyway, he's got his uh, black vest on already, and he yells at the crowd on his way down, gets all assy with Horner. Lock up, Horner backs Austin in the corner. We get a clean break. Lock up again, arm drag by Horner. Third lock up now, side headlock takeover by Horner. Austin rides it out, backing up, back up again. Wrist lock by Austin, reverse by Horner into a hammer lock. Austin reverses that now, but Horner reaches over and takes him down, and we go back to the armbar. As Dusty acknowledges that Tim Horner's old. <laughs> he does. That's real. Yeah, no, it's 100% real. Yeah. So we're not just making it up, folks. Yep. 
Austin to the rope. So nice stuff, honestly, so far. This isn't bad. Lock up in a side headlock by Horner. So Austin pulls the hair. Shove off in a shoulder block by Horner over the back. O'Connor roll by Horner is blocked, but he catches Austin from behind. Lands a sunset flip for two. Back up, arm drag by Horner. Austin backs him into the corner, lands an eye poke. Woo. Stomps, but no mud hole, obviously, no, from Austin. No mud hole for we don't, this. We don't do we, that we, yet. Not, not yet. Irish whip by Austin, left-handed clothesline. Big punches on the map by Austin. Back up, and Horner rams Austin to the buckles. Corner whip by Horner, hip toss out. Irish whip in again. Drop kick by Horner, but Austin holds onto the ropes and avoids. He sets Horner up for a superplex. Nailed it. One, two, three. What a random match for the Prime, huh? Yeah, it is. Also, we didn't even note that this was just something they ripped from Saturday night. Yes, so this, this is, is taped earlier, I yeah. think, than some of the other stuff. What a weird thing. Very weird, and Austin wasn't typically using a superplex as his finisher, I don't, I don't think. It's strange. Think none of this mattered. They were like... Well, that's true. They, they, <laughs> they, they definitely just wanted to put an Austin match. They just wanted to feature Steve Austin for some reason. Somebody, some producer got in their head that that's the... That's the person we want to feature on this prime yeah we tape this you might as well use it steve yeah. austin he's good or yeah. something like that right mm-hmm. we now get the official prime replay and remember quinn this is sponsored by just for men don't forget don't forget yeah but next week on the prime we'll have sergeant craig Pittman. you <laughs> the nasty boys okay steve austin again right paul roma quinn versus flying brian good paul roma that he's still fun. there yeah well doesn't sound like he should be. This is There's probably a, taped also in February. You know how Prime is. It's, yeah. it, it, everything was taped. Uh, the initial batch of matches were taped months before. They were. And they just used that batch for months. I like your theory that everything was taped once. It's not entirely true, but I'll but, go yeah, with a it. A lot of the early episodes of early 95, I want to say the first like three months or so, it's just like it It all looks like the same taping with that weird purple WCW banner. <laughs> and the, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I know what yeah, you mean. No, There's a lot of stuff taped in February. I know yeah. that. Anyway, we'll also have um, Kevin Sullivan, Avalanche, and Butcher taking on <laughs> Jim Duggan and Stars and Stripes. So that's a, that's a lot of people in one match for Prime. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Dusty now talks about how Prime just gets better and better every week, and he means it. Yeah, he oh, in earnest. No, yeah. he means this 100%. Everyone's talking about the Prime, Joe. It's great. Promotional consideration is paid for by... <laughs> the <laughs> WCW Merchandise Catalog. You can get that from P.O. Box 488... 488- Six five Niles, Illinois six zero seven one four. This sound was shitty. It's so shitty. Nile, come now, Niles. Oh, come now, Niles. <laughs> yeah. Also, Randy Savage fucking loves Slim Jims, Quinn. Yeah. He, he'll rip in I the lockers. I always carry my favorite snack. <laughs> like you know how he is in this. It's like some somebody punches him, but not really. Yeah, he's very the dramatic. Snap, the snap gets him. Gets him fired up. Yeah. As always, Quinn. Oh, oh, oh excuse me. Make sure you get new shock absorbers oh. from Big A. Yeah, Big A. Big A. Yeah, Big O. Not, not Little A. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Little A from All My Children. <laughs> yes, Little A. Well, that's actually it. As always, Quinn, I mean, Prime is breezy. It's fun. It's easy. It's never, ever, ever serious. Not at all. It's not supposed to be. And guess what? Some of the wrestling, as usual, was pretty good, too. And the vignettes I love. So, overall, great time, Quinn. Fun episode of the Prime. Dusty was incredible. Always. And again, like I always say, this is the best B show ever. Always a good time. It is, it, though, seriously. There's never a bad one. No. There's never, ever a bad one. We've never watched Prime and been like, oh, this sucks. It's yeah, always fun. Prime never wastes my time. No. Prime will not waste your time. Interesting too, Quinn, while we're here to uh, compare this. This is right around the time WWF was doing WrestleMania 11. Well, I would have watched this over I would have watched this over that too. Yeah. Or Raw. Or Way whatever. better. Like, this is better. Way better. WCW 95 is fun. Than opening shows with the Million Dollar Corporation <laughs> coming out and <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. You know what I mean. It, yeah, like acting like the IRS is still good in 95 and Tatanka. 
I'd rather watch Dusty just fart around and watch Tim Horner matches or whatever. And, that, the, and their vignettes, man. I mean, I know they were doing the Triple H, like, Blue Bud one right around the same time, mm-hmm. which might be why. You know what I mean? Like, Triple H was like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> hello, governor. I am very refined or whatever. <laughs> that might be why they're doing this, for all I know, is a response to that. It's better. This is better, yes. WCW's is better. Cowboy boots. That's for a rodeo or whatever. Like, you know, all that shit. Or cowboy hats. or like, For a rodeo. I would wear that to a dog show. Or like, what? you know what I'm talking about. I do know exactly that what you're talking about. That specific one where he just like has such an issue. With, with like with the clothes. They start showing like other wrestlers in the company. And yeah. Triple H is like, this sucks. Like basically, <laughs> I am good. Yeah, it's a theme yeah. <laughs> for his career. But anyway, in all seriousness, thank you, Mike Pru, for suggesting this one. And just a reminder to you folks, put your specific episode request there on our Facebook group. If it's a one hour show like this, we will try to get to it for our normal, um, you know, weekly show. Yeah, remember that, folks. Like I know some people were asking for Saturday night. It's got to be one hour. Yeah, if it's a longer show... There's an outside chance of being in a live review, but we only do so many of those as specials, so yeah. that's the point. But it'll make five minutes to an hour. You, yeah, you guys know the deal. It'll make the live review poll. You know, we can put it on the poll. But anyway, yeah. that's just a little housekeeping there, and a few more housekeeping things. Is be sure to follow us on Twitter if you want the clips. You can also subscribe on Patreon if you want the extra things. That's Patreon.com/slash OVP Podcast. You know, pay per view reviews and the 1983 canon. But guess what? When we've got one show left for May, it'll be next week, Memorial Day on the 31st. We closing out May. It'll be 225. Until that time, though, thank you guys so much for being with us here as we've romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. I'm Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we will see you next week. See ya. Where on earth is this fool? Unbelievable. Hey, Lord! 20 minutes. Try Oh, well, look at this. All I got left out of a bunch of stones. I got one to give him protection. No wonder you're trying to use American dollars in English. It's cold you here, too. on earth are you wearing? Well, I got from my house. Got it my last. Looks like a reject from Saturday Night Fever. White socks and black shoes. What? I'm going into a fine dining establishment. I'm hungry. You're trying to embarrass me. There's people I know here. I'm hungry. Uh, come on. Try and keep yourself in some decent kind of order. It's cold here. <laughs> Now, Robert, this is a fine dining establishment, not the kind of place that you uh, American peasants are used to. This will be something definitely new for you. Excuse me, Archie. Do you want to be moved? No, actually, Fred, thank you very much. He's, he's with me. Thank you. Come on, Robert. I hope you don't mind, Robert. I took the liberty of ordering ahead. You do like beef, don't you? Yeah, I love cheeseburger stuff. You know, this is fries. fine British beef. Thank you very much, my dear. Thank you. Well, what about a drop of wine, Robert? Do you have a boots for him? A ripple? What? No, wine. Could we have the usual, please, Robert? That doesn't go on your neck. It goes on your lap, please. Oh, my goodness, this is going to be far worse than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm.